So you qualify. Okay. Oh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day to the loved ones out there. To love you all night long. This is the smooth voice of Do Love, a.k.a. Figgy Fig. <laughs> Shout out to all my ladies out there. Jim's the Juice Radio. Tell me what kind of man would treat his woman so Treat you like you're nothing when you're worth more than gold. All right, we're going to keep this going with a little D'Angelo. Jim's the Juice Radio. Turn your radios up right now. This is my fake radio voice. <laughs> The gems and juice qualify. Okay. Gotta throw in a little of this. <laughs> I'm awful with the R&B, but I feel good about this little playlist. <laughs> Valentine's Day to the love to the lovers. Little Tevin Campbell out there too. This is like the number one song at the day parties too now. song like this with the lover <laughs> oh yeah where the ladies at I use this this voice the whole podcast. I wonder if she could tell I'm hard right now. This like the number one song at the at the weddings too. This that first song they always play to try to get everybody off off the off their seats. Really? Don't stop now. You done did it. All right. Okay. Okay. All right. Alright, alright, I think I think that's all I'm gonna give y'all. Alright, alright, alright. Do, all right, do, do, do love in the mix right now, man. <laughs> dude, I <love>. like it. <laughs> I'm mad at the voice and the sound effects. Like you went 
You went in on that, okay? You're not feeling the voice. A dude. No, no, don't, 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 don't do that voice no more, man. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. Yes, yes. Dude, DJ Figgies, a.k.a. Dude Love in the Mix. If you're on YouTube watching, you see Figgy got on his uh, Mick Foley Dude Love <laughs> WWE uh, colors on right now, man. Rep, repping for the Valentine's Day and the lovers out there. And, of course, in typical gems and juice tradition, we're going to talk about how bullshit this day is and this weekend <laughs> is. But we're going to get into that in a minute because we got a special guest as well. So, shit, man. Of course, another great mix by uh, DJ Thicky Fig in the mix right now. So, yeah, that, I, I like this new tradition, man. I, I like the, the the Figgy Fig mixes in the beginning of the show, man. I, I'm fucking <laughs> with it now. I'm fucking with it. So, appreciate you, appreciate you hooking that up, man. So, fuck it, man. A lot to get into. Again, another exciting edition of the Gems and Juice podcast. We're going to get into it. Got a special guest, a lady friend, going to join us and talk. Because I know y'all talk about how we just bitch about women all day and how we whine (laughs) about, you know. I'm just saying, we we need to increase our women listenership because I feel like people think we're just picking on women. And even Jasmine comes on and she's kind of like taking a man's side too. So it's really like three niggas just agreeing with each other. <laughs> so yes. so we, we we need a female voice in the mix and we'll introduce her in a second. But first, let's let's introduce the podcast as we always do. Jay Prince, tell them what they're listening to right now. Tell them what it is. The Gems and Juice. Yes. The Gems and Juice podcast. Back in full effect. That is Jay Prince, by the way. He actually did a job for us like that. I was so. about to say, really? y'all got the king of basically Houston on this? Like, really? Yeah. <laughs> not only that, not only that, we asked him straight up if we can be in mob ties, and he said we are. So you qualify. Yes. He said we are qualified to be in mob ties. So just, just so you know, if you ever come down from Arizona and you need some uh, some protection, you know, some, 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 something, if any, whatever you're doing, if you need some mob ties connects, we got you. We mob ties Don't affiliated. Don't tell me this to test that theory. I'm on my okay. way. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, go this ahead. Is, this is a mob ties podcast. It is. Mob. <laughs> Listen, I am not a part of the mob. I don't do that, but I will come and test the theory though. I want to see how protected you guys are. It is not a literal mob, okay? It is not the Italian <laughs> mafia. It is a collection of bosses. Yeah, collection he, he of bosses. He cleared that up too. He cleared that up. He did. Nothing <laughs> illegal going on here. It is a it is a coalition of the bosses, and we bosses. You a boss too, J Bell? So you qualified as well. We we gonna qualify you too. So you come down to Houston and you legit. Oh, I love it. Yes. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. In fact, you keep saying bosses got me turned on. Okay. I want to go where the bosses are. That's where I want to be with the bosses. Okay. It's a coalition of bosses, man. So yes, the, that, that lovely voice you hear right now is our special guest, of course. Uh, I believe Figgy met her through Twitter, he said, but it's been a, he is a friend of a, another friend of our show, uh, Brandon Caldwell. And she works for Power 98.3 over in Phoenix, Arizona. She is a lovely media personality, uh, a go-getter, a woman who's making, doing big things in the industry. And her name is Jay Bell. So, Jay Bell, appreciate you joining our podcast. Thank you for having me. I love that intro. I am doing big things. I want to see what these big things are. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. 
Figgy been at, uh, Figgy actually approached me about being on. Then he didn't follow up for a while. So I was like, you know what? Forget it. And then when he emailed me and was like, I want you on this weekend. I was like, I finally get to get on Gems and Juice after Arian Foster. Come on, come on, come through with it, Houston Texans. I was like, yes, bring me on this. Yeah, I saw that clip. That's big things, guys. Congratulations, first of all. You got that clip posted on sports channels across the country. I was like, yeah, buddy, y'all doing big things. We, we try. We trying to. And it's, it's crazy because I think I might have asked you to hop on with us like a year ago. But yeah. so much yeah, stuff been happening with COVID and all this other stuff. So um, yeah. just ain't get that chance. So I'm glad to have you on now. Excited Perfect to timing, right? Mm-hmm. All in divine timing. It is. And we also all saw the new uh, Judas and the Black Messiah movie as well, which is good because we're going to talk about that a little later as well. And, of course, we're going to get these spicy Valentine's Day takes off, too. You know, we're going to talk about some music as well. But first off, Figgy, man, dude, love. How you been, bro? How's the week been for you, man? Man, I'm feeling good. It's, it's It's it been a good week, man. Kind of sad over J.J. Watt leaving. I didn't think I was yeah. going to be this sad because we knew he was going, but that's that's probably the only dark side of the week. But outside of that, man, the week been pretty good. Yeah, and we can talk about that real quick, man, because I don't know if we'll have time later on. But the J.J. Watt leaving has been the biggest sports news in Houston right now. Um, We all knew it was coming, but I think the way it happened, it still kind of hit. And I I will admit, I was never a huge fan of J.J. Watt personally. Like, I I feel like he has good intentions, but I also felt like, you know, and and people are going to say I'm making a racial whatever. He always seemed kind of great white hype-ish to me. You know, like we got a we got a white superstar. Let's pump him up over the real stars who I felt were on that team, who were Arian Foster and, you know, Andre Johnson. They didn't get the national attention that J.J. was getting when he was beasting. And yeah, he deserved it. He was a beast. But he was hosting Saturday Night Live and doing all this other stuff, too. And I'm like, man, like, I don't know if he's even the most important Texan at some point, but. Like, I, I, I respect him for everything he did off the field for the city. Honestly, the, the Hurricane Harvey thing, um, I always respected that. Um, so, great, great figure in the city. I think he's a good dude, man, honestly. All the media stuff aside, all the things I didn't, I wasn't really too hot on with his whole, you know, the way people pumped him up, the media pumped him up sometimes. But I think he's a good dude. I think he meant well and he did a lot for the city. Sad to see him go, man, but he'll be back. I think he'll always have a home in Houston, so... Yeah, yeah, I agree with you, man. I, I think he, I think he's a, um, he seemed like a cool dude, and um, I kind of agree with you. Before I moved to Houston, I really didn't care for him because I just felt like that was more of a Texas thing. Like, man, like that, <laughs> I felt like the only people that really liked him was people from Houston. <laughs> like, wow. ain't nobody buying his shoes and all that stuff unless you live in Houston or Houston Texas fan, but. I, I think once I moved here, I'm like, dang, he is he is part of the city. Like, you can't name anybody else um, before J.J. Watt. So it's just it's kind of strange to see him not a Houston Texan now. So I think that's going to take some getting used to. Maybe he'll go well, to well, the Cowboys. <laughs> oh, God, no. He can't. Like, he, there are certain teams he can't go to. He that's my team. Don't talk Titans. about my team. Wait, your team is the Cowboys? <laughs> Yay! You live in Arizona. How do you not root for the Cardinals? Wait, first of all, let me let me let me go ahead and wrap that part up before you. Say. I'm from North Carolina, Carolina okay. Panthers. I'm not a Carolina Panthers fan. Never been. Oh my goodness! Yes, I live this. in Arizona. <laughs> Don't care for the Cardinals. 
Okay. <laughs> I've always been a Dallas Cowboy fan since I was old enough to understand football. So, okay. Yes. I'm not going to ask you your age because I've been told that's rude, but I very much doubt that you remember the Cowboys winning anything. So why are you a Cowboys I'm 35, just so I can put that out there. I'm 35, so I do remember when the Cowboys used to win. Do not play me like that. (laughs) So you are barely barely out of diapers when they won their last championship, but okay. Hey, hey, (laughs) I remember when they were doing good too with Emmitt Smith and Troy Aikman. They're a big part of that team. Don't do that to me. Okay. Don't okay, do that okay, to me. Cowboys okay, are always okay. going to be my, shout, my team. Shout out to Clint Sterner, too, who was on that team when they went, <laughs> what, like 2 and 14 or something? Yeah. <laughs> they be trying. They be trying, though. But my loyalty will always stand with the Cowboys. But maybe they could use JJ Watt. No, he can't. He can't. He can't go there. There are certain teams, as a former Houston Texan, he cannot go to. He can't go to the Titans because they used to be the Oilers. We can't do that. Oh, Lord. And you can't go to the Cowboys, period. He can go anywhere else. He'll probably go to Pittsburgh. I think their cap is tight, but they'll make it work somehow because his brothers are there too. But he cannot go to those two teams. He can't go to the Cowboys. I'm disgusted you're a Cowboys fan, I'll be honest, (laughs) because you have no no kind of link to Dallas. (laughs) You made me spit when I said that. Disgusted? (laughs) Like, dang! (laughs) I'm not going to lie. People who like, okay, I understand if like you're a LeBron fan because LeBron been dominating for a long time. I understand Mm -hmm. if you're a Kobe fan. I don't understand people who are like not from Dallas, but Cowboys fans. Like what are you been rooting for? Like you, you, you got to think about this from, I'm from North Carolina. Sorry to cut you off, Figgy, but we didn't get a team in North Carolina until like 95, 96. Okay. And even in their early seasons, the Carolina Panthers, they sucked. <laughs> so by the time I really got into football enough to understand it, I was already a Cowboys fan, dead in it. And so yeah, you, you couldn't switch me for nothing. Like, I'm a Cowboys fan and a Charlotte, Horn- uh, Charlotte Hornets fan. Wait, you know, okay, now I'm super confused. You, the Hornets have never won. It's never even been competitive in anything. But you root right. for them. The Panthers went to the Super Bowl. They went to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they have. Later on, in later seasons, they did. But when they first started, they weren't that good. And so, you know, when the team came around, it was an expansion team, and they were brand new. I was already a fan of a team. And once I am loyal to one thing, I stick with that, okay? Unless they, well, obviously, Dallas Cowboys have shit on me enough that I shouldn't be a fan anymore, but I have always been a fan. I've always stuck with it. The only thing that has made me mad about that team is Jerry Jones being both the owner and the general manager. He needs to let that go. Yeah, let somebody else actually come in and do that job. (laughs) How do you feel when he knelt for the anthem with the double knees down during the, uh, well, before the anthem played, technically? How do you feel about that photo op? Mm. performative yeah exactly <laughs> very performative <laughs> but aren't most of the nfl owners and the nfl that's the true good point super good bowl. point good point good yeah. point the super bowl You're itself right. this past super bowl was very performative let's just be we gonna honest. talk about we gonna talk about that too actually should we talk about that now yeah let's fuck kick it, it off no, with that wait it's, uh, well oh. yeah, yeah okay okay now fuck it we we're gonna talk about music first but we're gonna combine that with the black messiah discussion so fuck it. We gonna talk about the Super Bowl itself. Uh, Brady won his seventh ring. 
Uh, he beat the shit out of the Chiefs. I don't know what happened to them, man. I was watching that game. It was yeah. terrible. I, I never would have thought they would not even score a touchdown the yeah. whole game. Like Patrick Mahomes was not even like he was hurt. Apparently his toe was hurt, but he was moving around. Yeah. Like he was throwing it. His offensive line looked trash. Yeah, they couldn't hold him. Mm-hmm. It, it was very unfortunate, especially seeing how they beat. Like I was just hoping for a good game, man. Like mm-hmm. I didn't care if Brady won or not, but yeah, they the the uh, the the Buccaneers ran away with it, and it felt weird seeing them win. Because this didn't really feel like a Buccaneers team, man. It felt like the 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 reject Patriots, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I would have to agree with you on that. Uh, just a little bit. I didn't watch the whole entire game because obviously my team wasn't playing, so I didn't really care. Plus, like you said, Tom Brady was back in the Super Bowl. It's his 10th appearance and his seventh win. But to me, like in that situation, Tom Brady knew what it took to win a Super Bowl ring. Patrick Mahomes, he's only won one. He's only got the Chiefs there one time, and he's brand new to this whole system. And so when you're playing against a veteran like Brady, you have to come with your A++++ game. And they just didn't do that. You know what I'm saying? Brady already knew what to do when he came into this whole thing, and he had Gronk beside beside him. Yeah. Like, Gronk literally left the Patriots. I think he had retired, matter of fact. He retired. He was retired a full year, then came back just to play with Brady. Exactly. Cause so yeah, exactly. So at the end of the day, first of all, you look at it and see that it wasn't the fact that the team was BS, the Patriots, it was the coach. You know what I'm saying? They weren't comfortable being on that team anymore for both of them to leave. And so when you come in, you have these two vets and they're, you know, they know what to do because they've been to the Super Bowl so many times. You have to come in with a mindset of like, I gotta be like five steps ahead of these dudes because they don't play like nobody else. And I think at the end of the day, like I said, I didn't watch the whole game, but I got playback on Twitter. The Chiefs didn't know what they were getting into. Point blank in the period. Yeah, it was badly prepared. But I don't want to talk about the game because you can hear that on any. We're not a sports podcast. You could hear you could hear plenty on Sports Radio 610, First Take, whatever. We ain't we ain't that. I want to talk about the halftime performance because it is music and hip-hop related, and it was very controversial. So the weekend was the halftime performance. Um, I was kind of iffy when I heard he was even announced because I'm like, I didn't know if I underestimated how popular he was, but I didn't think he was halftime show popular, you know? Mm-hmm. But I was like, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we'll see. Maybe he'll blow it away with the halftime performance. And it was very, very uh, the critically, I want to say bad. I didn't see anybody who said they liked it. I'll be honest. But Figgy, I want to get your take first, man. Uh, number one, were you a weekend fan before and were you impressed by this halftime show at all? Yeah, I was a weekend fan before, but uh, when we first found out that he was going to do the halftime show, I was a little confused because to me, he's not really a halftime type of performer. And that's no that's no disrespect because it's a bunch of we can name a bunch of artists that's not really halftime Super Bowl performers. I thought he was one of them. And um, I, I watched the halftime show. To me, it wasn't bad. A lot of people was just saying it was god-awful, like he was up there fumbling the mic and all that. I didn't think it was that bad, but t- to me, I felt like people's standards for a halftime Super Bowl sh- or a Super Bowl halftime show is, is way too high. They expect Janet Jackson type of performance, Michael Jackson type of performance, dancing and fireworks and 
jumping off the roof and all that type of stuff. I think that's what people expect when watching the Super Bowl halftime performance. And that's not weekend. No disrespect. That that's not weekend. I think if I think if that same halftime show he did, if he did that at a regular show, I think that'd be a damn good performance. But I just think you know the Super Bowl halftime performance. People look for the the Prince type of performances, the Justin Timberlakes, and he's simply not that artist. And if and if you want to get a little deeper, I think the weekend. I think him blowing up like this was unexpected from him and anybody else. I don't think people thought he would be a a pop star like this because he was he was always a mysterious type of guy, but he blew up he blew up so much where he's then he's the show at this point. So, I think he did the best he could do as far as weekend standards, but um yeah, that that that's me cutting him some bell. I I wouldn't sit there and say it was god awful. He should never do it again. I think I think that performance did help him because everybody was talking about it. But he's not that halftime performer. That's that's one of the reasons Adele turned it down. Because Adele that if people thought the weekend performance was bad, Adele Adele's performance would have been bad too because she would have just been standing there singing. So I, I think people's standards when it comes to Super Bowl performances are very high, and that's not the weekend to me. Yeah, I think he kind of needed some guests out there to get a little more popping, but I, I feel like he probably just wanted to do it solo, being that he's always been that kind of artist. So it was interesting. Jay Bell, were you a weekend fan, and were you impressed by the halftime show performance? Yes, I've been a weekend fan for a very long time. Matter of fact, I've seen him twice live. Um, I seen him once in Vegas and um, once in Charlotte and both he blew. He did a really good show. And I, I definitely agree with you guys. He's not a halftime performer um, by the least, because when we compare halftime performances during our time, you mentioned Michael Jackson, Prince, um, but you also have Beyonce. <laughs> Beyonce killed it twice. She's up there too, um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so when you see those performances and see how much they put into it, even Lady Gaga, people leave Lady Gaga out the conversation, but she really did a good job too when she did it. But there was a couple of things for me that really turned me off to the performance. His audio was not good. Um, There had to be a miscommunication between the the sound people. Um, And the fact that he just had a lot going on within all that, like with all the red dancers and the the mask. I mean, he stayed in character the entire time this album has been out. But I will say this, I will give The weekend this. In these times with the pandemic going on, he used that entire stadium to his liking. And so he was able to put on a show that he felt like could work during these times versus in the past, the artists have been all on one stage and they had to utilize that whole stage and it's not much space on there when you think about it with all their dancers and all the pyrotechnics and all that stuff like that. And so the fact that he got to use $7 million of his own money to make the kind of show that he believed that would work for these times, I commend him for that. I will not take away from the fact that he has a lot of hits though. You know what I'm saying? If his audio would have been a lot better. And like you said, if he would have had a featured guest, I think he should have had Drake on there and they should have did their uh, their hit together, Crew Love, to set the tone. That would have been great. You know what I'm saying? Like, because they're both huge 
pop stars. I mean, yeah, Drake is a rapper and he's, in, you know, he's a hip hop star. But let's not look at the fact that he's crossed over into pop stardom, too. You know what I'm saying? So when you have these two come together, it would have made a huge difference in how he presented his show. And I think it would have been a lot more comfortable because there were some songs in there I didn't know. I didn't understand. But overall, I mean, he did the best that he could. But obviously, I don't think they would ask him back at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I also think he might have fucked up the field because I remember like right after the halftime show, niggas was slipping like <laughs> when the game started again. Receivers were slipping all over the field. I think the punter <laughs> slipped once too. So I think he might have fucked up the field a little bit. But yeah, I, I agree. Like Drake would have been big, but I understand why you can't bring Drake out in that circumstance because Drake is too big. He would steal the show. Like people want to see just more of Drake. You know, really Drake probably could do a halftime show at this point, you know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I think they used to have beef too, but I think they passed it up. So I think they're supposed to be good. According to Drake, that's what Drake said. So yeah, man, like I, I on one hand, I'm, I'm glad that he did the show the way he wanted. Um, I'm glad that there wasn't any corporate influence to, you know, force some pop star that he had no relationship with to get on and do some song or like bring out Cardi B or some crazy goofy shit or like that. It would have been great. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah. you yeah, Not, that, that actually would have been cool, but I'm glad that he didn't get pressured to do that. I'm glad he did it the way he wanted to. Uh, but that being said, it did feel kind of underwhelming when you talk about the hierarchy of the halftime show and the types of people who have done it like this one. Honestly, like even though it was cool, it, it would rank pretty low in terms of the memorable ones, you know. Mm-hmm. So good, good for him. I'm glad he got the spot. Um, I wonder if he he thinks now it was worth it because apparently he got he believes he got snubbed from the Grammys. He didn't get one nomination this year for his album, and he thinks that's because he took the Super Bowl halftime show over performing at the Grammys this year. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I wonder if he still that. thinks it's worth it. I wonder if he still thinks it's worth it because you know be people who have be been negative. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But you never yeah. know. Grammy people hold a grudge, you know. Like Jay Z had eight nominations and didn't win one. Like Beyonce yeah. be getting snubbed sometimes too. Like the the Grammys committee will hold a grudge sometimes. So but you, you gotta think know. about who's on that committee. I like it now that they they kind of spread it out more and they're starting to include more diversity because people are speaking out against that. But it's a bunch of old white men and women yep. Um, yep. are old school and they don't get they didn't get lemonade. Obviously, because Lemonade was, I honestly was one of Beyonce's greatest works overall, from the visual film to the placement of the songs to how she promoted it. I mean, she deserved all those awards. Um, But at the end of the day, they didn't understand the project. And so therefore, when you don't understand something, you're going to fight against it. You're going to rebel against it. And the same thing with Jay-Z. Jay-Z has totally, totally turned things around. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't rap about the same shit anymore. And so for the Grammy committee who's on it, they don't understand that. So they choose not to give awards to those things. Jay-Z definitely deserves all the accolades. But I think at this point, Jay-Z and Beyonce have won enough. They don't give two shits. I'd be surprised if they, I, I think the understanding is that Beyonce is going to perform Savage Remix with Megan Thee Stallion. But mm. if it wasn't the way that things are now, I wouldn't be surprised that neither one of them showed up to the Grammys this coming year. Megan will be there. Beyonce can choose. Megan can't, like, Megan can't say no to the Grammys. 
Right. She's no, not yeah, a place in her no. career where she can say no to the Grammys. Uh, yeah. Beyonce can, but I think maybe to support Megan, if they do perform that song, she would do it. She like Beyonce would do Megan a solid and perform that. Right. Yeah. But yeah, Megan can't say no to Grammys yet. She's not there yet. But we'll we'll, we'll see, man. Uh, uh, very interesting, and we will keep a tab on the Grammys as well. Uh, speaking of Jay Z, we can talk about some new music now. <laughs> so the Judas and the Black Messiah movie came out. Is of course the uh, the movie about uh, uh, Fred Hampton and the Black Panthers, starring Lakeith Stanfield and uh, Daniel Kaluuya. I think you say his name like that. Um, and uh, it, we're talking about the, we're going to talk about the movie in a minute. It's on HBO Max if you haven't seen it yet. So uh, get you a free subscription, a free week trial. Just watch <laughs> it, then cancel it, and, and you'll be good. But uh, uh, we're going to talk about that movie in a little bit. But there was an album that came out. And I didn't hear the whole album. I don't know if y'all did, but I did hear the Nipsey and Jay-Z song. Um, it is called, uh, what's it called again? Uh, what It Feels Like. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, as a Jay fan, I'll go first. Uh, as a Jay fan, I, Jay, man, Jay, Jay, Jay still got bars, man. I was, I was. I was a little worried after 444 that that awkward kind of offbeat rap style, which worked for that album, but I was worried that that was going to be how he rapped every single time he was on a song now. Like, I'm glad he's still bombing people up, man. I'm glad he's still uh, performing at a high level lyrically, and he he showed it off here, man. He has some dope. You look at the lyrics, man, the, the double entendres and the, the rap cadences he had, like, he did his thing on here, man. And I will say, even though I'm a Jay stan, I will say when I think he fucked up, he did his thing here, man. Um, it's unfortunate that Nipsey couldn't live to see a collaboration like this. You know, uh, I definitely think Nipsey deserved a Jay-Z verse when he was living, you know, but, you know, things work to work out like that, Sally. But Nipsey did great as well. Um, I don't know how this song was created. I didn't look up the composition of it. I don't know if it was just, hold up. Do you have inside information about how this was Uh-oh. made, Jay Bell? I, yes, because I read into this because I really wanted to understand it because obviously, you know, uh, Nipsey passed away two years ago. Um, like you said, they they never got a chance to to work together on music. So my understanding is that um, Nipsey made this song eight years ago. Oh, and wow. yeah, made it eight years ago. And then Jay-Z somehow got a hold of it. Like he heard it like five years later after that. And so they worked on it or he worked on it with him together. And it just kind of like was sitting and, and waiting to be used. And here you go. It's like that. It's crazy the amount of music that artists hold on to and wait for the right moment to put it out. You get what I'm saying? So, yeah. So overall, that song has been around for a long time and now it's being used. That's that's what I read. I read in an interview um, that Jay-Z did. I think it was... I forgot which site it was that I read it off of, but I was like wondering the same thing. I was like, how, where did this song come from? And yeah, that's, that's what happened. That's cool. That's cool. Um, and, and yeah, Jay and Jay and Nipsey had a relationship when he was living too. I remember the story about how when Nipsey hustled, this is when I first really got into Nipsey. Uh, he released that Crenshaw album in 2013 and he charged like a hundred bucks for the Nipsey, physical yeah. version of the album. And Jay Z mm-hmm. bought like a hundred copies at a hundred bucks of the album. He bought a shitload of the copies at that price. So very controversial at the time because people were like, what the fuck? You know, a hundred dollars for an album. And it was free if you streamed it, I think, too. But um, yeah, so that 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 was cool. And, and they've been linking up with each other for a while now. So 
Uh, good to hear that song finally come out. I think it kind of fits the spirit of the uh, of the film itself, too. I got to listen to the rest of the soundtrack, though. I know her had a song on it as well. It's on the end credits. That's a cool song, too. Um, oh, yeah, and her performed a song at the Super Bowl, too. Uh, was What song was it, though? It wasn't America, the National the Anthem. It was oh, the, America? It's the Black uh, National Anthem, right? No, she oh, did America yeah. the Beautiful. No, 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 Alicia Keys did the uh, the Black. Oh yeah, National yeah, that's Anthem. right, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Another sidebar. There was like five songs before the Super Bowl. Man, that shit took like forty five minutes to start our field. Why was there so many? Yeah, very like this was the I'm sorry, Black people Super Bowl. By the way, <laughs> I didn't talk about that. It, it yeah. was very performative. There was like fifty songs that played before the national anthem. Then you had the national anthem with the the whitest white dude ever with the guitar. And oh, you Eric have Church. Uh, Eric Church. Yeah. Jasmine Sullivan. Yes, and Jasmine Sullivan doing like that. the. <laughs> it sounded. It, I thought it sounded okay though. I was a little no. worried when I first seen it. The point is, Jasmine Sullivan did not need Eric Church. She sung that down <laughs> by herself, and she should have had that moment by herself. I understand they're trying to do unity, but if you're really going to be performative, go all in. You don't need no white people on that stage. Leave her out. <laughs> no, leave him out. I love Eric Church. Thing. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great <laughs> country artist, but Jasmine Sullivan really should have had that moment by herself. It didn't need to be a duet. But the theme is unity. We all have to come together, guys, to end racism. As you score in the end racism end zone of the. <laughs> That's when we end racism at the end zone. That's how we're going to end it. Just put it out there. Like, no. Yep. That's the end of it. No. I, yeah. I will say this about the about her and Jasmine Sullivan because Alicia Keys has done, I think she she's done the national anthem before anyway. Um, those moments for those women was very huge period. I mean, the fact that her is on a stage like that from the beginning of her career when nobody even knew who her was, never yeah. even saw a face. Um, and now to have a national platform like that, an international platform, um, I think is really, really big. And Jasmine Sullivan has been, um, oh God, woman that sings down, but she's never really gotten her credit or her accolades the way she should have. And so to see her doing that after releasing an EP, people, which is not an album. I want people to understand mm -hmm. it's a project. It's an EP. Hotels. She released that and then turn around and be on stage on a national platform like the NFL and singing the national anthem. It, it's huge. It's big. It's it's Black people are beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was a good look. Yeah, yes. and I, and I, that's the one thing I never really complained about. Remember, people was complaining like, "Oh, why are they singing the national anthem?" That's still a big stage. It, it, yeah. It's still a big, even though you you could disagree with the song and the lyrics and all that other shit. But that's like that's everybody's dream to you know for a singer to sing the national anthem. So I never bashed anybody for doing that. And think about this: how many of us as black people really know the black national anthem? I don't. I ain't gonna lie. I, I don't. I know lift every voice and sing, and that's the end. That that that's the only lyric I know. You sitting here complaining about Jasmine Sullivan doing the national anthem, but do you actually even know the Black national anthem? You, you <laughs> who who decided that was the Black I, national I anthem? Too? Yeah, I just I found must have missed this, this meeting. I, I just found that out in 2020 when they decide <laughs> when the NFL decided to do that. <laughs> Right, but it's always been the Black National Anthem. Y'all didn't know that? Lift every voice and sing? 
I did not. I didn't know that. Yeah, minored in African American studies too. I never heard of that. Like, when was that decided? In 1968? Like, when? Who decided this was a black national anthem? That's all I want to know. Who decided? For a long time. But who? Who? When? When was this named the black national anthem? I can't. I can't answer that part for you. You know, honestly, I don't remember right now who decided that. I, I can't even remember who wrote it. But it has been the black national anthem for centuries. I think it's just okay, starting well, to come forth to the forefront. Yeah, I always heard the song. I knew what the song was, but I didn't know that was considered the Black National Anthem. Yeah. Okay. I'm trying Looking to look up, up the, the history, but I can't find enough. Let me but see. Yeah. Let me, I, I, I got my iPhone in front of me. Let me look we, it we up We need right to now. do a, a, another vote in that case. We, we need to choose a new Black National Anthem because I, I did dead. not know. This was the official Black National Anthem. Um, <laughs> and I, I don't know when it was named that, but in 1919, okay. In 1919, the NAACP dubbed it the Negro National Anthem for its power in voicing a cry for liberation and affirm- affirmation for African-American people. Okay. Well, the NAACP was a lot of white people in there, in there too. So no, I don't trust that vote. We need to have a new <laughs> Wait one. Wait a minute. <laughs> it was NAACP had a lot of white people involved in the organization who were uh, right. No, I, I agree, but, but it's just funny that you said you don't trust it. Uh, I don't. <laughs> what you think should be the? Uh, you go to HBCU, we sing it. What you um, think? Should, almost every event. What you think should be the national anthem for black people? Oh man, see, I, I, it, it would be easy to snap come with fingers. a joke. Snap your fingers. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> what, what could be the black national anthem? What really moves black people? Swag sir. Yeah, I think. No, no, enough with the swag surfing, man. Leave that shit in 2008. Uh, the Negro spirituals. Um, today, we got to think about that. What really moves black people? It can't be no violent ass song. It can't be no yeah. song about shaking ass. It got to be something uplifting. No say, Kendrick Lamar song. I was going to say, dip set, dip set, the dip set national could, anthem. The dip set national anthem could be the national anthem, but it's a little too um, druggy and violent. You, yes. I'm dead. I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> we played it. Hey, hey, yes. that really was a hit. Uh, this college. does make me feel patriotic, though. I was standing up for this. This makes me feel patriotic, man. This makes me feel proud of my country. This makes me want to put on a uh, American flag do-rag two times the size of my head and just start walking down Harlem. <laughs> if you're, if you're really serious, if you think, really think about songs that are that bring inspiration and in these times have changed. Beyonce's Spirit from the Lion oh, King God. soundtrack. No, no Beyonce songs. Man, I'm sorry. No Beyonce songs. I'm sorry. But you listen to the song. I'm not saying it because she's Beyonce. But if you listen to the song itself, it's a really good song. And it really touches to the times that are going on right now. If you look past the fact that she is Beyonce. Yeah. It's a good song. <laughs> okay. But you're okay. Not do that. <laughs> okay, it being on the Lion King song uh, soundtrack and it being a Beyonce song made me not really into it. But okay, <laughs> maybe, maybe lyrically it could be. I don't know. We got to think about this. We got to convene as Black people and think of a new Black national anthem. I'm way off topic. I know we digress, but fuck, we had to get that off our chest too. <laughs> the, we talk about the Nipsey Hustle and Jay Z song, Figgy. I didn't get your take on the song, man. How do you feel about it? Um, I thought the song was pretty good, man. I, I actually replayed that song a couple times. I felt like Nipsey killed it. Um, Hove, of course, 
I think he killed it. I had to actually do a deep dive on the verse. Yeah, me too. I, that's that's probably the only person. Him and Pusha T is the only people I actually, you know, listen to the verse three or four times and then go right to Rap Genius and just mm-hmm. read the lyrics. And at first, I ain't gonna lie. The, to me, the first his first couple bars was amazing when he said um, "Scorpion Bricks." Yeah. And I'm like, double, oh, like sh- Aubrey with the double disc. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then for, it sounded like 40, uh, 40 on my lap, like Forty did the mix or something like that. And I'm like, damn, that that shit was hard. And I was kind of being petty a little bit. I was like, mm, I wonder if he throwing a little shot, if he because he did say uh, Scorpion Brick. I didn't know if he meant like the the mm. album went brick. Mm, I didn't cast that. Mm. But no, I, I, oh, the Drake album. Yeah, but I think they cool. I I. Uh, like if you listen to the rest of the verse, it's kind of like he was kind of shouting out the producer and all that. So I don't think it was a shot, but I don't know. That was me kind of being petty. I, mm-hmm. I, I would have really enjoyed it if he was calling this his Scorpion album a brick. I guess that it went brick, but, mm-hmm. but I don't know. <laughs> but outside of that, man, I think I think the verse was amazing. Jay Z still got it. I feel like he getting better with time. You could literally, you know, outside of Reasonable Doubt, um, probably the next three albums, you could probably say he's better than that, like, as far as lyrics and flow. So He ain't dumbing down his lyrics to double his dollars no more, man. He's yeah. finally rapping like common sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, got, he got the money and the accolades to do it. Yeah, he don't have to he sell records or come out with a single. He could rap about whatever the fuck he wants. He he comes out with the singles, but he's not really worried about radio play or streaming, you know, none of that, because he knows people are going to flock to buying whatever he puts out anyway. You know what I'm saying? Now, whether or not they like it when they hear it is a whole nother story, but they he already knows he has that power um, yeah. when it comes to, you know, releasing new music. And to be honest, I know you hadn't, you hadn't had my take. I'm just going to go ahead and dive into it. Nah, go ahead. Um, go ahead. Even hearing the names Nipsey Hussle and Jay Z together, I already knew it was gonna be fire. Like that's just me, because I mean, if you listen to Nipsey's only album, to be honest, um, that album was fire from head to toe. But even like his earlier stuff, because uh, I remember listening to Nipsey when I lived in Las Vegas, and his music first started coming out and really hitting the West Coast. I was like, dang! I was like, who is this? And of course, you know, Jay Z. From reasonable doubt and then you dive into um blueprint the blueprint two and and even the blueprint three um he definitely got better over time and this is the one thing i always say when they show jay-z his hair <laughs> and you notice every time that he was getting ready to release a new album or working on a new album his hair would just like grow he would get a big old afro and then when he released the project all that hair was gone now his hair just sits there it's just there. It ain't gone nowhere yet. Over, like, I think it's been years now. He walks around with it. It's not tamed or nothing. And all I say to myself is, when he does release that album, that shit's going to be fire. <laughs> because he's had that hair for years now. And so when you hear any verses that he puts out, he always is bringing, the, he's bringing it. Like, it, it's nothing that you cannot not expect of Jay-Z at this point. That's just my opinion. True. On his true, on his true. lyrical schemes, I, I agree. I'm a Jay stan. I, I have to admit though, I hate his hair. Like I hate <laughs> I whatever the fuck is going on up there. I think he's doing some kind of Basquiat thing because Basquiat has some wild hair like that too, and he loves Basquiat. 
So I think he was trying to do some kind of look like that. But I, I hate Jay Z's hair now, man. Like, dog, you fifty years old, man. Like, trim that shit a little bit, man. He look a little like it looks. Cra- it looks a little too crazy, man. Just wait until the gray start growing in. Uh, I'm sure it's, it's already. I'm sure he's good. coloring his hair. He has to be coloring his hair, man. He gonna, he's fifty plus. I, yeah, he gonna let it go one day though. He, yeah, yeah. Like, it's gonna get to a point where he just let it go and he gonna be the old wise Jay Z. Well, I mean, yeah. to to a lot of rappers in the game, he is. He's like the, I would say like um, the godfather, like Don yeah. Jay Z of the rap game, because so many go to him, and even when they do interviews, what's the first thing they say? Well, I talked to Jay Z, and this is what Jay Z said to me. Like he he he's really has taken a role of a mentor for a lot of the newer rap artists, and I do agree. Um, but unfortunately, Jay Z is over fifty and worth a billion dollars, and so he's never gonna cut that hair. <laughs> I mean, he's just not. He has the money. He can look like that any way he wants to because he's the one that's signing the checks, making but the yeah, checks, and bringing in the money. And, and you know, all these businesses that he's opened up and and invested in. Jay Z don't give a give two two shits about that hair. It's just gonna yeah. stay like that. I, th- I think the more um, of him dealing with white people and these big big CEOs, I think the more he just want to be, I guess for lack of word, niggish. <laughs> he just exactly. want, he, he just want to show like, hey, you got to deal with my nappy head, my my hair. <laughs> like mm-hmm. you got to deal with this. Like I'm the, I'm the one signing NFL. these checks. <laughs> yeah, because he and he's a huge part of the NFL, which is why the weekend was a part of the halftime show. He had Jesse Collins yeah. as the executive producer of the halftime show he brought them in and had mostly people of color working that show as a whole you know what i'm saying because he has that power so he's he's like y'all gonna get this hair the way it is because i have this type of power and i'm gonna bring in all my people and this is what we gonna do yeah good like i said he don't have to do anything but i'm just saying my pee on his hair i think it looks stupid but you care i ain't worth a billion dollars uh, supposedly so yeah he could do whatever he wants man i'm a jay-z fan regardless but yeah i just thought it looked a little goofy but in more jay-z news he's making headlines again because now he is officially a nominee for the 2021 rock and roll hall of fame uh other nominees this year include mary j blige Shaka Khan again. She's been on the nomination for a long time. Her and Rufus, they should have been in. But in yeah. She dog, they're bullshitting with that, man. Her and Rufus, they should have been in by now. But I get I, I have a rant, but I'll save it for a little bit. <laughs> LL Cool J is on there as well, as well as Tina Turner and Dion Warwick are also nominees. And Rage Against Machine, which I don't know if it's their first time on a nomination, but I'm sure they'll get in there. But we're talking about the black people now. So <laughs> how how do y'all feel about uh, Jay-Z? Because I'm sure Jay-Z will get in immediately because he's Jay-Z and he got an industry connection. So we can all just assume he's going to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame this year. Um, how do you feel about that? As well as Mary J. Blige being a nominee. We'll start with you, Vicky. I think it's good, man. At first, I, I can't remember when we had this conversation on the podcast about rappers getting in. But um, I I think it's good, man. I I I think it's well deserved, and it's good to give people their flowers while they're still living, because I know as soon as somebody passed, then that's when they start, you know, putting them in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and trying to give them their flowers. But I I think it's good. I would love to see Jay Z, Mary J, and um, it, and the rest of the people you named that 
to get in there. I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I used to always go as a kid when I lived okay. in Cleveland. So um, yeah. So if that happened, I would definitely go just to you know just to kind of see some 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 Jay Jay Z shit. So I think it's a, I think it's a big deal. Okay. And Jay Bell, I have to assume you're excited about this as well. I'm Will super excited. Um, first of all, uh, Jay-Z has enough accolades and awards, like I've said too many times now. Um, he deserves. Um, he definitely has changed how hip-hop is looked at. Um, and so with that being saying, how he's changed the game, he definitely deserves it. Mary J. Blige definitely deserves because she's definitely, she's like the queen of hip-hop soul. Like, there would be none of some of the artists that are out now as far as like R&B if there was no Mary J. Blige. Like when she dropped What's the 411, that changed the game. Tina Turner should have been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like that should, it shouldn't be just now. Like she should have been in it because she, again, is another game changer. I know she's in it already with Ike and Tina, but for herself on her own, she should have been in it. And like you said earlier, Shaka Khan should have been in it too. You know, so these names that are coming up now, I, I'm happy for them, but it definitely should have taken a long time, which brings me to my thought of we need to have our own Hall of Fame. Hip hop, whatever, hip hop and R&B, soul, whatever it needs to be, Black Music Hall of Fame needs to be one of our own because a lot of these artists deserve accolades and we keep depending on I don't want to cause no trouble, but we keep depending on. You know, just say white, white acceptance. Let's call it what yeah. it is. Yeah, white accolades. It's similar exactly. to the Grammys. Exactly. In order to get these accolades, when you know you got artists like Chaka Khan that has multiple Grammys and has been performing for years, and Tina Turner, who also you know had a whole movie made about her. <laughs> you know, like come on. We saw her rise. We saw the yeah. type of music she Since put the out there. Since the fifties, the sixties, yeah. Right, and, and to be honest with you, if there was no Tina, there would be no Beyonce. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. Uh, so I guess I will be the hater in this particular <laughs> no, topic. I don't think rappers should be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Like this has been my thought for a while now. I think it got ridiculous when they put NWA in. Then they put uh, who else? Was Biggie. it Snoop Dogg in it? Biggie got in. Or Biggie and Tupac got in. Like mm-hmm. I think at that point, I'm like, okay, what do we do? Gangster rap? Like you can. I I was okay with Run DMC because they had a blend of rock and rap. With Working with uh, Aerosmith, Grandmaster, mm-hmm. Flash, and The Furious Five were the first rap group to get in. I'm okay with that too because okay, they created a whole genre kind of made it popular. I'm okay with that. But now that we're getting to the Jay Z's of the world, I'm like, okay, so it's it's starting to look more like who whoever is more influential. Like, you you can't call this the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame no more if you put Jay Z, Tupac, and Biggie in. Like, you just can't. They don't make rock and roll. Anybody who don't have a band should not be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, man. Like, I'll put it like that. If you don't have a band, if you didn't come up with a band, that's why I think Shaka Khan should have been in, Tina Turner should have been in before they started putting rappers in. Yeah. Like that, That's just my thought on it, man. I feel like they do these things because they know it's going to get people to watch and black people will support it more and you they want more viewership. It's a TV show, man. 
Like they want viewership. They want people to be engaged when they air it. And they know it's not going to get that much engagement when you just put old rock and roll stars in it. And I get no that. There's no more real rock and roll bands. I mean, when you really think about exactly. it. Exactly. Not yes. like that. And I, I get what you're saying. Like, I, I really, I understand where you're coming from with not having rappers in the rock and roll, rock and roll hall of fame. Um, but I think that it's more of how they cross genres of music when they're adding in these rappers. Cause you know, see, now think about it. Jay-Z did a whole duet album with um, Lincoln Park. Oh my, that was awful though. <laughs> it was popular. It was widely popular. A lot of, okay. a lot of white people loved it. We might not have liked it like that, but the white people loved it. But he crossed genres. Same thing with Mary J. Blige. Mary J. Blige, you know, she did some songs with YouTube and whatnot. Uh, and, you know, Shaka Khan, Tina Turner, Rock and roll comes from black music. And they're a big part of that too. Funk soul. Tina Turner did rock and roll when after she left uh, Ike Turner. That was a big part of her music. She didn't want to do that same type of music that she did with her ex-husband. And so she crossed into the rock and roll genre. So yeah, she does belong in there. Same thing with uh, LL Cool J. I mean, they came during a time where like basically... Grandmaster Flash and the and the Furious Five and 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 Run DMC were all, you know, navigating the game and and really walking so that he could run and so that Jay Z could sprint, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah. And so it makes sense to have those particular artists in there. Now, Biggie Smalls, Notorious B.I.G. Um, I think that was more of an influential thing because of the fact that Jay, um, not Jay Z, but um, Diddy, Love, whatever he want to call himself has had a huge part in keeping his legacy alive um, along with his mother. And so, you know, when you have people like that in there, it's like, eh, did he really do a whole lot in the in the short amount of time that he was really relevant alive? You know, like more of his influence has been in death, which is sad, but it's true. Uh, so when you think about when you're seeing these artists being nominated into this Hall of Fame, you got to think about the bigger picture. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I think uh, I, I I see where Rocket coming from too, but I think it's it's tricky when you put in certain rappers and then other rappers mm-hmm. can't get in. So I think that's where it's kind of coming from because if LL Cool J, if all these other the 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 first couple rappers that didn't get in or wasn't even in it, I think it wouldn't even be a conversation. But yeah. I think for the simple fact that they are putting rappers in, and the I think Rocket the name Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. That's that's gonna always stay there. It's it's not yeah. all about rock and roll at this point. They they're put. It's all about music, the, and the 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 rock and roll hall of fame. That's just the title. So I I wouldn't even look into the whole. Oh, it got to be rock and roll music. I think it's just music overall at this point. I agree with that too. I agree with that too. I guess I see what y'all are saying, but I still feel like that there should be like that there should be a lot of people in before you put a Jay Z and a Tupac and a Biggie in. You know, I feel like anybody with a band who performs live music with their band should be in before you start putting niggas who sampled shit. That's just how I feel. I know it's a oh yeah. How how would you feel if all the people that didn't get in that should be in now was already in, and then now you got the Jay Z's, the whoever's? I'll be fine with that because I'd be like, okay, you added everybody, and like y'all said, rock and roll really don't exist no more. You know, so. Like it is what it is. You, I'll be fine if they put everybody in first and foremost. All the 
Black Trailblazers in funk music and R&B music is a live performing band. He said, okay, we put everybody in. Let's put some rappers in. Like, I'll be fine with that. And they started from the beginning, which was good at first, you know, putting Run DMC and Grandmaster Flash. Then they skipped way ahead and put Biggie and Tupac in. I'm like, wait a minute. LL Cool J should have been in first. Maybe Rick Rubin in too. I don't know if he's in yet, but put some of these people who actually Beastie Boys. Fuck it. I think they might be in. I didn't check. But like... Yeah, they are. I think yeah. I think they might be. I think I remember them being in. But yeah, uh, they they all the early ones got to go before you jump because you're jumping several eras to get to to Jay Z. You know, so that that really is just reeks of a we want people to watch, so we gonna put Jay Z in it. And I don't that, know, like like that's pretty much yeah. That's your uh, that yeah. I I agree with you on that because Jay Z is let's be he's more popular and powerful than LL Cool J. Yes. Or even, I hate to say, but even like a Shaka Khan. Like yeah. that, that would make more noise to put in a Jay-Z over, you know, Shaka Khan. Because there's still people out there that don't really know who she is. <laughs> I mean, that don't. This whole generation of, uh, was it, are they Gen Z? Is that what they are? Uh, Gen Z? Gener- Gen- yes. Yeah. The, the newest generation of people is Gen Z, I believe. We are millennials, about, I believe. So Yeah, you got to think about who their parents are. And the fact that they're not teaching them about this music, like about yeah. Shaka Khan, about a Tina Turner and stuff like that. So, yeah, they're not going to know yeah. the music. They're going to know who Jay-Z is. And, and when you really dive into it and you think about who they're inducting or nominating into this Hall of Fame, it's probably going to be the last great class of actual great musicians and artists. Because you think about the music that's out now. Yeah, yeah. Eventually they will. But no, I've learned if there's nothing else I've learned, I've learned that people are nostalgic about everything, even if it's bullshit that we know at the time. They probably gonna put Gucci Mane in at one point. Oh you know, my at God, some I point they not. probably gonna put Gucci in the fucking rock and roll hall of fame. But yeah, oh, remember the influence Gucci Mane had. And yeah, he did have a big influence, but also he put like a, a hundred thousand mixtapes out and some of them were ass, but okay. Uh so <laughs> like really no matter it? what. There will always be people. Drake gonna be in there one day. Like we oh, always gonna 100%. look back. We always gonna look back and say, "Oh wow, that music was so great and influential." So no matter, that's what I've learned, man. I see people being nostalgic about the Shop Boys and fucking party like a rock star, all that bull. Like the, the shit that we thought was kind of corny back then. Like everybody's talking about that was a huge era in music. I'm like, okay, so I've learned that. <laughs> And it came and went. What was that one? Oh, Roscoe Dash is one. Some I heard people talking about. Oh, y'all wasn't here for the Roscoe Dash era. That was an era. We calling it a Roscoe Dash era. Like, come no, on. don't call it an era though. Like, what it wasn't an era. Here? They had a time, <laughs> a moment. Yeah. yeah, that to me, that era was more memories because when you yes. when you hear that, you you go right back to oh yeah, when I was in college or oh yeah, yep. in high school. Mm-hmm. It's never. I was in college, that, yeah. Yeah, that's the only time you even when you hear that song. That's the only time you talk about it. Like, oh yeah, right. this. I remember I was at a party in college. So yeah, I, I don't know, man. I wouldn't. I wouldn't even call that like the good times as far as like the music. It's more the good yeah, times. It's just the of, memories. Yeah. And the Beastie Boys were inducted into the Rock and Hall, um, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 2012. Oh okay. oh, okay. Yeah, I figured they were. I think I thought they might have been in there, so it was good. Okay, at least they started. They started right, but I feel like I still feel like they jumped a whole lot to get to Jay Z. But whatever, good for him anyway. I'm not hating on the black people who are getting it. What was that? 
do we miss some people as far as like rappers? Cause I feel like they might've inducted other black musicians, like black rappers. Um, but I think it's just because Jay, who Jay-Z is now, his name is so prominent that that's who we straight look to. But I feel like there's been other rap artists that have been. In uh, I don't think there's been that many. Like uh, the ones I remember, I know Run DMC, Grandmaster Flash. I know Tupac and Biggie. Um, and like you mentioned, Beastie Boys, if you want to, that that is rap. I'll call it rap. But I don't think there's been that many rappers. Who's that? No, no, Eric. So no Big Daddy Kane, no Eric B and Rakim? No, no, no Rakim's not in it. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they're skipping up. Like, fuck it. I'll put Will Smith before Jay-Z. Because, I mean, he was one one of the biggest rappers that people forget because he made so many dumb movies lately. But <laughs> that man was was leading the charge of the hip-hop in the I early mean, 90s, in late 80s. He had so. a huge uh, part in how uh, the rap category was not show, like aired on the Grammys. Yeah, on he, the he boycotted the first. Before exactly. boycotts were cool, Will Smith boycotted the Grammys. Before that shit was cool to do. Definitely so, I'm surprised he hasn't been nominated at all. Yeah. They looked at they look at him as more of an actor now than a rap artist, but he definitely was a rap artist first before he became an actor, a blockbuster actor. I that's, I agree with you on that. Like Will Smith definitely should be up there. Will Smith and um, DJ Jazzy Jeff Jazzy should be Jeff, in there together. Yeah. See, they're, they're jumping. Yeah, exactly. Some summertime itself should be in the Hall of Fame. That is a yep. classic. Just record. that one song. <laughs> <laughs> we are nominating Summertime for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. But I, I yes. nominate Summertime as a part of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. It should be in there. <laughs> yes. Uh, okay, so let, let's fuck. Let's, let's, let's have some fun, man. Enough, enough of the music talk for now. We came here for the spicy Valentine's Day takes. And I want to get into something, man. Uh, first off, you know, we want to... We all, me, y'all probably know me and Figgy's takes on Valentine's Day, man. We all think it's kind of stupid, corporate created bullshit, just to <laughs> be people to buy stuff for their girl to be happy because your girl will definitely say, "No, I don't want nothing for Valentine's Day. I don't, I don't need nothing." But then they they will get mad if you actually don't buy anything because they want to stunt on their girlfriends and say, "Hey, look what my man got me," even though we never get shit. Figgy, have you ever gotten anything for Valentine's Day? Nah, nah. Been married for how many years now? Since 2016, been together since '09, so it's nothing memorable. Like, oh yeah, she got me this diamond bracelet, or yeah, it's probably a card or some candy or something. Twelve, twelve years, man. Can't remember one gift you got for Valentine's Day. I don't think I've gotten any from my girlfriends <laughs> ever. But I always, I always got to get at least the candy or a teddy bear, one of them goofy shits, or else <laughs> I'm in trouble. So I've never gotten anything for Valentine's Day from a guy. Actually, I've never really had a Valentine. And the one time I did have a, a boyfriend during Valentine's Day, I did everything. And let me oh, tell you something. He left me and went to Bojangles in my car and left me for two hours. And, and I don't mean to be provocative with it, but I was in my lingerie ready to go. And he went and went to Bojangles and left me. Wait, is that and a yeah. strip club? What is Bojangles? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Bojangles is a, <laughs> the fast food. It, it's a fast food chicken restaurant based out of North Carolina. Mm. Oh, okay. It's like your so it's he, like what you have with Frenchies. So wait, I, I need I need more of this explained. You were in lingerie in the car. 
Why no, not in the car. Up? We were in his apartment. Okay. So okay. for Valentine's Day, it was my first Valentine's Day with a boyfriend. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go out all out for him. Like, I know what time he's getting off work, do all this stuff. So I went and bought all of the, you know, the little things, massage oils, candles. Oh, I did wow. the lingerie, gave him a massage and everything. And, you know, was, you know, trying to get, playing our favorite song, you know, trying to get to the groove of stuff. I bought him candy, card, all that stuff for him once we finished i finished my massage with him because we, we didn't even have sex i finished my massage with him he decided he was hungry and left me in his apartment in his room to go to bojangles in my car and left for like an hour mm. and i was just sitting there looking crazy oh yeah he, he had to go I, I hate to say it like this but he probably went to his other girl because she was feeling lonely on valentine's day who the fuck spends an hour getting fast food? You know what? You're probably nah. right because he actually, um, I found out later, was cheating on me. Yeah. Oh man, that yeah. that's unfortunate. But nah, if he leaves you in your car to go somewhere for an hour and says he wanted to go get fast food, I think he probably went to one of his side pieces and said, "Hey, girl, I got you some massage oils." <laughs> he ain't taking none of my stuff now. I left with that stuff. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that was my stuff um but you probably right and i but i was also like 22 21 22 years old so still mm. like trying to understand men still don't understand them to this day but okay. you know i, I just was like okay I, I sat there so what what, what what is your policy on valentine's day gifts like why why do you think you never one have you had a lot of serious boyfriends to even get one because when you say you haven't gotten any i'm starting to wonder like do you just not remember getting anything or did you actually not get anything you remember not getting it like what is your like why do you think if you haven't got any valentine's day gifts why do you think that is i've never except the one guy i just told you about i've never mm. really had any serious relationships but even oh, like wow. having a date on valentine's day like dating someone i've never had a date during valentine's day either i don't know what it is like i know that i have certain um, issues with myself that I am working through. That's a whole nother topic to have. Um, but I no, we know get that topic like, here too. <laughs> <laughs> are you crazy? No, like all women no, are crazy. No, so just, I'm not crazy. Okay. I just, I've had, um, without diving too much into it, I've been emotionally and mentally abused a lot by men. Oh, um, man, that's and so even though I don't, I don't try to like make myself the victim it's a huge reason why I think my relationships with men are, are a little jacked up, you know, cause I always choose the wrong guy. Uh, and I think that's a huge reason why I don't have, I never have a Valentine cause I choose the guys that are not emotionally available mm. and I see it and I know it, but I still go for it thinking like, Hey, he's going to change because I'm doing this, that, and the third for him. Listen, ladies, he ain't going to change. He already showing you his true colors. Uh, see, you're choosing the thugs. That's your problem. You're choosing the, yeah i was doing that. all, all the was... all them all them nice guys who didn't approach you you'd be like no thanks i want the street <laughs> nigga i want the nigga on the block i want the nigga who's trying to be a rapper no oh no i know <laughs> i know no no you trying to be a rapper no because especially when you work in radio then they want to send you their music and they links like can you get my music on the radio no okay okay you can't okay. get your own music on i can't help you um, no, I, I did like the thugs. I, I did like the thugs. Um, and the nights of guys sometimes would approach me, but it'd be like really, and I, I mean this with the sincerest thought 
they would be corny as hell. <laughs> There's being a nice guy and still being like kind of cool, calm and collected. You know what I'm saying? Like you got a certain swagger about yourself. And then there's just this nice guys that just are just corny as hell. Like you know why? Is. Because they're 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 trying to appeal to you. Like they're trying to do what they think is going to work. So maybe so they cut think them I'm a little slack. Too? Is that what it is? I, I, look, I no, will no, say this as <laughs> now I will say this as a guy who used to come with the corny shit because I was raised primarily by my mother. My dad was around, but he wasn't like you know he didn't put me on the game. You know, and my mom and my dad. They didn't really date anybody else but each other because they were real religious and they got married right after high school. So they didn't have any dating experience to get me. So all my mom ever fed me was how you should treat a woman, how <laughs> she wants to be treated, basically. So now my my adolescence is me just fucking writing the poems and sending the flowers and doing all the goofy shit that don't really work. But we're told that worked by women. So you got to you got to consider that like maybe he's just doing he's trying to appeal because he sees a hardworking industry woman and he's trying to appear like he is a you know a well put together functioning guy he don't want to be like coming disrespectful or something like that even mm-hmm. though women women do like that a little bit sometimes no, you know i don't like disrespected i don't mean all. disrespectful like somebody calling you a bitch or something no, i mean I, more I so like yeah, yeah. trying to be super macho for no reason, like exactly. and, and the aspect and not considering my feelings. I get that part. Um, but I actually, I like the poems and the flowers and the candy and stuff. It's it's the way that words are used when you're trying to talk to me. Like literally there was a guy that I was talking to and in the beginning, I didn't know what he was doing. Like he would just have random conversations with me and I was like, okay, cool. You know, oh, I guess he's just doing this with everybody because you know, we y'all cool like we all in a group and so then one day he just decided to shoot his shot in my dms and he just came full throttle and i was like (laughs) okay what's the issue with this he's being confident he's being confident in himself no no let me finish i was just like oh is that you shooting your shot he was like yes it is i was like i was like oh that's cute and then you know we started talking no 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 because i actually liked it because most guys they don't come they don't tell you your intentions he told me his intentions of what he wanted he said he wanted me he said he wanted to talk to me and he said he wanted to possibly date me and i was like okay cool so we started flirting we started talking and eventually we started dating and you know at the end of the day it just didn't end up working because you know there was too much going on with the both of us he was corny that's why (laughs) no no he didn't have that edge to him no I, okay, no. First of all, no. Um, <laughs> I don't, cause I don't, I don't know if this person's gonna listen to it. Um, it was a distance thing. Um, you know, I lived okay. in a different area than he did, so it just the flying back and forth. You know. Okay, I get you. You know what I'm saying? Like it just didn't work like that. But let me tell yeah. you something. He was a good guy. Good mm-hmm. in all aspects. Okay. Oh, I guess you know. I get what you mean by that. You mean he got a big old thing on him? Okay, no. I see what you mean. Okay, okay. They know how to use it. Okay, <laughs> most of them don't know how to use it, and that's okay. that's that's on that. But he also courted me too, and I never been courted before. And so when he was courting me, he you know bought me flowers. Um, he even bought me some lingerie. And when I came to visit him, you know, he took me around town and, you know, he really planned out a whole weekend for us. He made plans. And most guys now, they don't do that. They'll ask you, hey, you want to go out 
yeah, you know, what day, what time, let me know. What, what are we going to do? I don't know. I'll let you know what time. I'll, know you, I'll let you know today. And then don't follow up. And I'm like, why are you bothering me? Or you have the guy that acts like he wants to date you, but really he just wants to come over any time of the night and just, you know, booty call it up and lay up in your bed as though you're supposed to just do whatever he wants to do. Yeah, that's been my experience. But back to your question about Valentine's Day. No, I've never really had a serious relationship, so I really haven't had Valentine's. That's what makes me bitter about Valentine's Day. Okay, so it's more personal than you disagreeing with the day itself. Yeah, plus I think it's over-commercialized at this point. Who cares? Okay, okay, okay. Well, when you find that special someone, I'm sure you will be right in line with everybody else, asking for the gifts, looking at everything on Amazon, being like, ooh, I want that bear. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I'd be doing that, hopefully. Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, I think it'll come for you, though. I think it'll come for you. Uh, Figgy, has your thoughts changed? I know you were out there running scrambling trying to get something even though your wife said she ain't what nothing for valentine's day man so yeah. do, you, do you still think it's a corny day or, or what's going on I, I think so man i think the older you get the more you don't care about it now if you if you're in like high school or something then it might be cute and you could show off but now it's just another day it's just like ah uh, you know we we love each other we've been together for a long time we do stuff all the time so it's it's nobody to really show off to and plus it's 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 on a Sunday, and like you're not going That's the best to, time. you're not going nowhere on Sunday though. But as far as like Valentine's Day, if it's like on a work day, that woman expect to get flowers and balloons yeah. at the job so she could be like, mm-hmm. oh. And so, show her friends, yeah, because yes, they know they getting shit too. That's that's all it is. But as far as like on the weekend, it's, it's don't don't like give a shit about that. Like we stand in the house anyway. So yep. yeah, that's my- blizzard coming in Houston. So exactly, <laughs> I got flowers at work once, and I—I I mean, I had everybody looking at me like, "Ooh, just exactly." Ooh, it's mm-hmm. that's I want to see the card. I want to say, "Mind your business," okay? Well, <laughs> but I didn't know like it all. He, no, he chose to send me the flowers at work. <laughs> I preferred my flowers at home, and then I could take a boomerang and show it to everybody else then. But so you, you were still <laughs> my work. I was like, I had no choice but to show it out. All right. Now, uh, continue, continuing with our What a Bro Knows segment, our special Valentine's Day segment, What a Bro Knows, we've got a uh, a listener entry. <laughs> a good friend of the show, Boopy, uh, Fig's homeboy, Figgy's homeboy, homegirl. Homegirl. <laughs> Figgy's homegirl. Uh, also appeared on the show in the past before. Um, she had some audio of a situation that she's going to describe right now, and we will give our thoughts on it. So let's hear that. This is right or not. So this dude that always be flirting with me on Clubhouse, whatever, I finally gave him the opportunity, right? So his birthday is April 6th, right? But he told myself, I want you to be with me for my birthday or whatever. He was going to Miami. So I'm like, oh, okay. And then he was like, well, do you want to go out of the country? I'm like, of course I'm going to stay out of the country. He's like, okay, well, we can either go in April or we can go at the end of May, beginning of June. So I chose the beginning of June to go to Southern, right? So he's telling me, like, to pick out the hotel and blah, blah, blah. So I'm sending him hotels and stuff. You know, I'm really not feeding into it, but we just don't see what you're talking about. So we on FaceTime and he said something like, I forgot what we were talking about, but he was like something about... We need to start saving for the trip. So I'm like, we. <laughs> like, I literally was like, we. He was like, 
he like, yeah, hey, he like, um, he like, right now we looking at, for the hotel, the flight, he's like, we looking at like 2500 I'm like, okay. He like, how much you, how much you put in on that? I'm like, what? And my mind, I'm thinking to myself like, sir, I didn't ask to come. You said you wanted me to be there. So why would I have to put anything on your birthday trip? Like, what would you do if I wasn't coming? So I'm just like, um, so I tell him, I'm like, my flight? He like, your flight. So then he like, um, he like, what about eight, nine hundred dollars? Nigga, what? So now I don't want to go, but I didn't tell him that. But I don't, I don't want to go because I feel like you kept saying you, I want you to be as long as I'm spending my birthday with you, blah, blah, blah. And now you want me to put in on this trip? Hell to the no, to the no, no, no. Tell me. <laughs> you, now. That's hilarious. Um, and, and yes, Booby Dooby getting flued out sometimes. She's <laughs> talked about it on the podcast as well. Um, but that—that that is, it, I guess it would depend on the context for me, because depending on how he asked, because it sounds like he was like, "Hey, you know, I want you to come out." Like in so many words, he was saying he was trying to fuck. Basically, <laughs> he was trying to get some for his birthday, and he wanted to go on a trip and just smash and have some fun. In that case, you can't be expecting her to pay if you mm-hmm. ask her to come with the intention of just messing around, having sex, and and, and seeing the beat sites or whatever. Because they, they ain't friends. They don't even know each other. Mm-hmm. So this is very much a fluid-out situation, it sounds like. So, yeah, even though I, I try to see the man's side usually in these cases, I got to... Like boopies, right? That's some bullshit. Yeah, like, I, I I agree with that. And to me, that's more of a ballers type of move. Like we we, <laughs> we we are average niggas. Like we got our nine to fives. We we're average. We can't do stuff like we can't just fly a girl out, or we can't just you know say hey girl, let me take you on a trip. We got to stay in our lanes. <laughs> we got to stay on our little coffee dates. We got to stay on our little restaurant dates. We can't. We can't be talking about, hey, let's, you know, let's go out the country together. Like, to me, that's shit NBA players do. That shit mm-hmm. NFL players do. That shit, I, I even say rappers do that. Some rappers might do mm-hmm. that. But, you know, for us regular Joes, we, you know, we got to stay in our lanes. That's that's not our thing. And that make you look stupid. So when you, you know, when you tell a girl, hey, let's, you know, let's go out, out the country for my birthday, blah, blah, blah. Like, you can't expect her to go half. Like that's just that's just <laughs> goofy. And the, and the thing is, like Boopy's a cool person. She she's not the type that would be like, nah, you want to go on a regular date? Nah. Uh-uh. Like you can still you can still go on a date with her. Like you don't have to do all that, let's go out the country and all this other yes. stuff to get the draws. So yeah, I I, I agree with Boopy. Yeah. But, the moment he would have said, uh you gotta pay half, like nah, I'm out. <laughs> This ain't happening, Captain. If you was expecting to get some ass, you just lost that chance. You <laughs> and I, I think, like that. I, <laughs> and like I said, I think the context would matter too. But like, if if you asked a friend, like let's say I asked Jasmine out, not not out. I mean, like yeah. if I said, "Hey, Jasmine, let's go on a trip." If I asked Jasmine, we know each other for a while. We're friends. If I ask her, like, "Hey, let's go on a trip," I would expect her to pay her part. Like I'm not her boyfriend. Yeah. But if I'm talking to some girl, I'm flirting with her on Clubhouse, and then I say, hey, let's go on a trip. I don't know you. Like, I'm just trying to get some. And if you down with it, I'm assuming you down with doing that. But here's my problem. 
is that sometimes women like I feel like and this is one thing I see on Twitter, too. The the thought that men are entitled to sex just because you fly a girl out or you do this and that. How do y'all feel about that? Because I, I have to say, you know, if I pay a girl, it, wait, is it? It's it, sickening. It's, because okay, why? Just because you ask me out on a trip does not automatically obligate me to have sex with you. Why? You asked me out on a trip. Now, if you're Did coming you... with pure and clear intentions of saying, hey, I want to go on this trip with you, but I'm expecting up front to have a whole lot of sex and getting a whole lot of ass. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Then okay. if we're on the same page about that, then maybe it can go down. But if you're doing a trip and you're not clear about your intentions of what this trip is about, that's a problem. And so that's sickening. You flew me out because you wanted to spend some time with me. So in that assumption of knowing you want to spend time with me, my first thought isn't that you want to have sex the whole entire time that we're together. Because I'll tell you right now, buddy, you flying me out, you ain't getting none. Matter of fact, we getting separate rooms. That's how it's going down these days. I'm sorry. <laughs> just, just, that's nah. just me. Now, do you... Now- <laughs> Now, do you think if you told Buddy that same thing, like, hey, you know, just just want to let you know we're not doing anything and I'm getting my separate room, do you think he would still fly you out? Do you think that would still be a thing where he cool with that? Well, with these men nowadays, no. <laughs> no, he wouldn't. He wouldn't still fly me out. And that, you know what? Then that, I dodged the bullet. <laughs> that bullet, I, that saves me a lot of space and time and therapy later. I have a problem with that mindset. I, number one, women always say they want you to be uh, honest with your intentions, but that also is a turnoff at the beginning. Unless you're some super sexy Trey Songs looking nigga, you ain't going <laughs> to get a girl by saying, hey, Trey I Song? just want to fuck. I'm just saying, you ain't going to get a woman by just coming out straight up and saying, hey, I just want to smash and have some fun on a trip. You ain't. It's not going to happen. There has to be well, some kind of mystery and lead up to it. So you and number one, right. that might get you posted and go viral on social media. Like, look at this corny nigga thought he was gonna get some of my DMs. That's today's women. And I think and I get where you're going with that. But I think that as you get older, especially when you become over 30 and over 35, you want to know the intentions. Because even though we're still young, we're at a point where we dated enough that we know what's about to happen. Like we know what's about to go down. We can see some of the red flags of what's coming through when talking to a guy or dating the guy. And so if you're honest with your intentions with a, well, I'll say with a woman like me, if you're honest about your intentions from the beginning, that gives me a choice of whether or not I want to continue any type of relationship with you. Even if that's just the talking stage or going into the dating stage, because if we're not in the same place mentally, what's the point? Let's not waste each other's time. If all you're looking to do is fuck and I feel the same way, we don't see this going nowhere. Let's get it going. Let's get it done. And then we move on. And, and see, that, that, But that's me. That's just me, though. That's not all women. And, and see, that's the weird part about it, because when women say like <laughs> when women say <laughs> stuff like, oh, yeah, I go on a trip with you, but don't expect nothing. But if you know that dude is kind of interested in you and you know you ain't about to let him get anything, 
what's the purpose of just going on a trip with a random dude you don't even care for like that's that? they want a free they want a free trip and some free food but that's not that's even, what that, that is that's not even worth that, it though <laughs> don't you think that that's an unfair thing to do to somebody to I use do, up their money and not give anything in return like don't wouldn't you feel dirty but let's say a guy really liked you but you just didn't want to have sex with him you would use up that nigga's frequent flyer miles. You would use up his his credit card going shopping to buy things for you, the hotel, the food, no. dates, and you you okay. wouldn't feel bad about not giving him none. No, I would not. I wouldn't even go down that road with him. If I'm not interested in him the same way that he's interested in me, I'm going to let him know. Example, I'm going to give you a, a, a an example about this, okay? So, mm-hmm. when I lived in Charlotte, I started casually dating this guy you know like i was just trying to give this guy a chance to see because he had been pursuing me for a while and i gave it three dates right i really tried like i was really trying to get into him i was really trying to like him and stuff but i just didn't feel nothing there was no chemistry for me like literally he told me he wanted to kiss my red lipstick off and i cringed like i was sick to my stomach (laughs) is that the worst line really you've ever heard no, it wasn't the line. It was the, pers- it was the person saying the line. It was the person that... Okay, exa- so he was Thank ugly. You, <laughs> Why gotta be all about looks? Sometimes it's not he, about was, looks. Was he fat, I mean, was he he fat or he, ugly? Which is it? He, he, I mean, he had, he had like the dad hips. I mean... Okay, okay. <laughs> I mean, this wasn't me. Um, but yeah, he said that to me. I cringe. So I just was like, I really can't do it. I, I'm not into him. And, you know, he's really into me. And I just felt like it was unfair. And so I let him know. I was like, you know, right now, this is just not working for me. Um, and I, like I said, we were casually dating. And so I was kind of seeing somebody else. And I let him know that there's somebody else in the picture, that this is not going to work between us because I just don't feel the same way. And so he understood. And we moved on. I just, I can't do that. I feel bad. Number one, I'm not going to depend on a man to buy me a trip to go somewhere that I really want to go. Like, I'm just not going to do that because then, like you said, some men are, they feel like you're obligated to have sex with them or be physical with them of some sort. And if they don't get that, that can turn on you. You know what I'm saying? And especially nowadays, the way that certain men act when women even remotely reject them. Like y'all saw the story of the girl that got beat up, that got jumped. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, because the guy, because she said, no, don't buy, I don't, I would not. I don't want you to buy me wine. Like, and she said it in a nice way and he got mad and beat her up and bit her face and stuff like that. So, you know, you got to be careful in these situations. You got to really think about your own safety because not all men are saying, okay, yeah. like just, mm-hmm. just be honest. Yeah. So yeah, for that. And that's why I said for me as a woman, in my opinion, if a guy is offering to fly me out, but I'm not really that into him, I'm not going to take it yeah that that's the strange part about it because like a lot of women be taking those trips it's just like dang like it, i would be scared to do Why something make like, it bad for everybody like, else it's, it's one thing if you you know was interested in the dude somehow and you wouldn't mind it but like like just think of it from a dude point of view do you think he just want to fly a random friend out and spend all this money on this girl and not do anything Right. No, I, I see that. I mean, I, I think it, if it comes down to like he was a baller type, well, he find out girls all the time. I mean, let's just be honest. But guys that I wouldn't say re- are regular, but 
they're very conservative with their money. And if they're taking a big leap like that, it's with somebody they really, really like. Because that's a huge commitment, so to speak, especially if you guys are not dating. You know, you're just seeing where things are going. And it's one of those things like, hey, let's take a trip and see how we are with just the two of us in a different environment. Then you're like, okay, do I really like this dude enough to to have him spend his money on me and want to do all this stuff with me? You know, like that's something you have to really, truly get into and realize that maybe that's not a good idea to do that, to play with somebody's emotions. And you got to got to be upfront and honest. That's why I say with a guy, especially nowadays for me, let me know what your intentions are up front. So then that way I'm not wasting your time and you're not wasting my time. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, that's just that's me. Spoiler alert, all men's intentions are the same at the beginning. All of them. <laughs> we all want no. one thing. And y'all know what y'all no matter what a man says, yeah. there's one thing he wants in the beginning. I'm not saying that's all he wants, period. But you gotta you gotta think if a man approaches you, he's not gonna approach you with the intent of I want a girlfriend or I want a wife, because he don't even know nothing about you. He don't even know if he like your personality yet, but he do know you look good. And he do know he wants a piece. So that's the one intention he has in his mind when he approaches you and asks you out. So for women who say, like, if I know your intentions, we all have the same intentions. Men are super horny all the time. Like, that's just how we are. That's how we're built. And And, yeah. And I think guys are a little backwards, too. Like, we want to see what it's hitting for first. And then we be like, okay, I like her. Like. We could build something on. We could, yes. we could build something on that. So, so what do you do when a woman don't want to have sex with you, but you still like her? Are you gonna stick around and wait, or are you just gonna no, move on to the next shit? Like, I, I've never dated a girl who didn't like me. Number one, like I, I've all like there's always been at least some sort of mutual. No, thing I didn't there, say didn't but, like you. I said yeah. didn't want to have sex with you. Yeah. What What do you do if it's a girl you like and she she got some interest in you, but she mm-hmm. don't want to have sex first? Right, you, she's not ready you, to have sex do, with you. Do you yet. stick around? Do you, you know, try to it, butter it, it, okay. her up a little bit? <laughs> it, it would depend Listen, on the you context. You talking around your words? <laughs> no, no, it would depend on the context. Like if I really like her, and if she, okay, if she said she had no interest in having sex with me at all, I'd be like, okay, have a good day, have a good life. <laughs> it's been okay. good. It's been real. But, but if she said I'm just not ready yet, but I liked her a lot, I'd probably stick around just to see, you know, where things go. Maybe she just had something in her past where she don't want to have sex with a nigga she just met or whatever. I'd be cool with that. After a while, I'd be like, hey, you know, it's been a month. <laughs> not a <laughs> what, month. What are you doing here? It's been a month. Not a month. A, not a month is plenty. A, a month, that can be up to four dates on the weekend. So I done spent at least a hundred wow. something bucks on you on food dates and taking you out of out the town, <laughs> using up my gas miles. Like there, there is, there is at some point, if it's been over a month, and we're still not at that point yet. I'm a little worried. I'm like, okay, is this girl just using me to fucking have well, food she- dates, or or is she just bored and wants to use nigga money? Like that's when these questions start to come in my head. If it gets to a month and we ain't had sex yet, or I at least I ain't got a nude can- yet, or at least do anything. Like, <laughs> not <yes>. a nude. <laughs> I can understand that. Yeah, I can understand. I can get that. I just a month. That's it. Um. Look, like you said, Tom, I'm 33. I'm 33, about to turn 34. I don't have a lot of time well, <laughs> for young. the bullshit. You got plenty yeah. of time. So, so First are you of all, one men can have babies after they dead. 
<laughs> yeah. You have kids after you date. You can get married at any age and have kids. Women are the ones that got to worry about our biological clock ticking and when we can yes. do this and when we can so, do that. Yeah. So let me ask Rocket this: What about you know you you know it's been a month and y'all still haven't <laughs> really did anything, but y'all kissing, y'all making out a little bit, but she still not ready at that point. School. Yeah. Yeah. That would is that, that would be is, weird is that, to me. Is that still a red flag too? Yes, that would be because I feel like we're in high school. Like, what, what are we doing? We're just here? making out. If if we if we grown adults, like 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 there's a, like if she that came up and so said what? I was if she had issues in her past and said, look, I was sexually abused and that's why I'm not comfortable with that. I would get that. But if it's just like she's shy, <laughs> and we're like I don't date young ass women. I don't date like fucking 18, 19 year olds. So. There would be no reason for us to be at that point. So if that that would definitely be a red flag, and I would start to wonder no, about it. So yeah, but sometimes sometimes that's fun to build up to. Like honestly, yeah. I would love to be dating a guy and we just be making out like high school kids. Like that would be fun for me for for a little while. We ain't got to do that forever. But you talking about a month? If you ain't got none in a month, then that's a problem. Y'all don't understand. Sixty days. Eight days. I don't understand. Like, kissing is annoying when you're a grown ass. Like, <laughs> fucking, y'all understand how our sexual organs work. Y'all don't understand how it feels. A when lot of men don't understand get... how women's sexual organs work either. That's true. That's true. But y'all are apparently <laughs> fine with teasing niggas for months, and we're not. Listen, that you're supposed hurts. to learn the about blue the body. Ball shit is real. No, we not. We're not talking we about that. Though. We talk... too? No, y'all really don't. Y'all don't because yes, do. y'all, y'all we don't literally get blue balls doesn't mean that we don't get blue balls. I think women could go without sex longer than men though. Yes, y'all can. But sometimes what, uh, when it's a guy that we really like and we're not ready to have sex with them yet because we don't want them to see us in a certain way, we'll hold out a little bit. And sometimes yeah. we you know, well, I've done I that. I've done I'm sorry, that. that that just that's annoying. Because, like I said, like <laughs> if y'all if y'all knew how men operated and how we feel when we're just making out, like it's not just us being assholes. We try, like when your dick is hard, like you fucking like it's it hurts. Yeah, <laughs> like you got to do something with Man. it. You can't just sit there after that. You know how tough that is what? to leave that lady's house. Yes, without getting up, uh, leave yeah, the house yeah. on a hard dick. <laughs> oh, just, there's a lotion. Yeah, I, I could have jerked off at home and just watched porn. <laughs> I spent my night going to your place just to make out and watch Netflix. Get the fuck out of oh, here. Oh, you're not man. watching like, Netflix <laughs> in my house. <laughs> oh, you watching Disney Plus? Okay. Yes. Marvel uh, movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. That, that that's nothing that annoys me. When I when you invite a girl over for Netflix and she actually wanna watch Netflix. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know that was a pretense for something else happening tonight, <laughs> yeah. right? I don't care about this I fucking movie trying, you watching. You trying to creep up her dress and she's like, right. wait a minute, this is the best part right here. You, <laughs> right. Ain't, you ain't even paying attention to the movie. <laughs> Again, that's why you gotta be or, upfront with your yeah. intentions of like what's that don't gonna happen. Work. That don't work, Jay Bell. That don't I don't know work. what type of I don't know what type of women you've been messing with, but if you, you tell me you're coming over to do a booty call. Booty call hours are when? 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. So if you hit me so, up after 10 o'clock. Most, a lot of women, they would be feel disrespected if you said something like that. Yeah. And they well, get if we pushed already back have an Monday. understanding. But how do you get have... the, okay, here's my question. How do you get the understanding without even asking that? And if you ask that, the woman might be pissed this off. This is why say, you need to have a conversation. But, but the, conversation the conversation itself can be perceived as disrespectful. 
if a man just comes out and says, hey, I just want to have sex. Women could be like, who do you think I am? That's how things okay, go just so, with a lot of these women. Okay, so obviously you're dealing with a woman that's not in that mental state. She's not in that state of mind where she's ready for that type of relationship. If you're dealing with a woman that you say, hey, I ain't looking for much right now, but I like you and I know you like me and we need to fill each other's needs. Sometimes that woman's on the same page because she might sometimes. not necessarily be ready for a relationship either. That's it is. Like it's sometimes. All- sometimes. That's like going all in on some random sports team but that you, you have, have no to, idea if they're going to win or lose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But that's when you, you have to be open in the conversation. So if you're talking to each other and you're not necessarily going out on dates like that, maybe some outings, like you do some stuff during the day, you got to get a feel for each I, other. Like literally now, like I feel like I'm just sexually attracted to you. That's not going anywhere. I mean, unless we both feel the same way, I'm going to keep it moving. Yeah. I think the thing is, though, kind of look at it as a job interview. When you go on a job interview, <laughs> you you got to say all the right things. Yeah, you got to you got to say all the right things. You got to, you know, you got to say, hey, I'm a hard That's worker. That's an old school way of thinking. I'm, I'm a hard worker. I, you know, I, I learn quickly and all this other stuff. But if you go in there and be honest and say, hey, it might take me a little bit to learn. But once I learn, I'm cool. You know, I can work. Or sometimes I be late, but I'm still a good worker. You might not get that job. <laughs> so you can't chance that. You you got to go with the cliche question or the answer. Yes. But you got to, you, you have to think about, go ahead, go ahead. I'll let you talk. About I, I was going to build on that to basically say, you, you're not supposed to go into a job interview and immediately ask about the salary and say, I just care about the money, even though that's really why we work, period. Everybody knows we just want to get paid, but we have to act like we care about the company and the company <laughs> culture and all that bullshit to get in there and get paid. Same thing with y'all women. We got to pretend we care about you at first just to get what we want because we can't just come pretend. out and say, yeah, we at first because we don't know you. Like yeah. we don't, we don't know but, you at first, so we don't. There's nothing about your personality. You can you're like somebody. You don't know. We got we got to school J Bell on men. Men, we you, do with the first dates. When no, you, when you go on the no, first. No, I have to we, school you guys on women because we, obviously you want to go the old school way about doing this whole thing. When on social media, you can scoot into somebody's DMs, shoot your shot, and if you get shot down, keep it moving. Like I don't understand why. Okay, if you really like a woman. You really like her. Yes, you're going to go all out and you're going to try to get to that point. Now, whether or not she likes you back, that's a whole different thing. But if you know as a man you're horny and you are dating this woman or you talking to this woman and you know you don't see it going nowhere, but you want to fuck her, you need to be open about that. (laughs) Just say it. Hey, I really like you, but I don't see this as a relationship. But I would like to pursue other things. This is not going to work with it. Okay. Yeah, let's You need to find on. the right woman that let's, would work. Let's let's take let's take sex out of it. Let's say it's a girl on social media that you think is really cute and you want to take out on a date. Sometimes if you just go out there and say, "Hey, I think you're cute. Can I take you out on a date?" That might not work. But if you kind of do the little the little conversations like, "Oh yeah, oh where are you from?" Blah, blah, blah. If you you kind of got to do all of that, build all of that up to eventually say, "Hey." Like, you pretty cool. You want to go out on a date? You can't just go out there and shoot your attention. First of all, if you really like me and you're trying to get to know me, you're not going to DM me forever. You're going to get my number. So if you're continuously DMing me to have a conversation, that's a red flag for me. 
That tells me you're I, not serious about me anyway. Yeah. yeah for, for this is this is what y'all not understand. This is what I'm saying for me as a woman. Every woman is different, but there are a lot of women that are like me. I literally have had guys shoot shots in my DM, and I'm like, I'm talking to them. After a while, you get bored of talking in the DMs because you don't feel like checking it all the time. If you haven't asked for my number after a week of talking on D- in DMs, I'm going to assume that you're really not that interested or you're only looking for one thing or you're hiding something. So what about, uh, let's say a dude who never DMs you, never talked to you, just followed you, and then he said, hey, here's my number, text me. Are First you- of all, I'm not going to text you if you're giving me your number. You need to ask for my number. Or if he asks for your number, he hits you up in the DM and say, hey, my name is Bob. Uh, what's your number so we could talk I'm gonna look at his DMs I'm gonna see what I mean not his DMs but his social media page to see what he looks like to see like what his persona on social media is like and if it's something that I seem like I'm interested in I'm gonna say okay cool you both okay. here's my number okay and give him perfect. my see, number see, yeah see a lot of women not like that though a lot, a lot of women if you come out shooting like Steph Curry it's like, oh, hell no, blocked. But if you kind of ease in, like, hey, what's up? Yeah, I'm, I'm from Cleveland, too. Oh, you from Cleveland? Okay, if you kind of build that little relationship right then and there, then shooting the number or asking for the number might not be that big of a deal to them. But Let so- me tell you why this will work. This works for me. Number one, I have, an, I have a short attention span. So I have ADD. I hate small talk. It gives me anxiety. Get to the point. <laughs> Do not talk around in circles with me. Let me know what you want, and I can tell you what I want. If we've been talking for a while, you know, and I feel like this is not going anywhere, I'm going to tell you, hey, so, you know, this is cool and everything. You seem like a very nice person, but I think I'm just going to move on. Because if they haven't kept my interest like that, I'm not going to continue talking to them. That's just that's that's why I said this is how I see it. This is how I feel about it. I don't like small talk. So I don't like the dragging on for you to get to a point. If you already know that all you want to do is have sex with me, just tell me that. That's why I said you got to give a woman the option of whether or not she wants that same thing with you. Okay, there's a lot of intellectual dishonesty going here, I feel. <laughs> but I, I, I understand. Okay, okay, what this, do, what this do you feel like is being dishonest? Because what you feel like is being dishonest. Most, most, okay, number one, here's a good example because this is, this is a great example of why women are just crazy. Because uh, we we, uh, we have our our regular co-host usually Jasmine. You know, uh, she's talked about this before on the podcast as well. She doesn't like giving out her number. She likes going through DMs. She likes. She thought somebody uh, was weird for asking for her number after a few days while they were DMing at first. She thought that was kind of creepy and weird. And this is a woman who's like 25, 26, grown woman, cute looking, but she thought it was weird that a man asked for her number after a few days of going through deep. Like they have been going through DMs for a while, like I think weeks. But he asked for her number and she thought that was weird. But now you're saying you're weird if you don't give your number within a few weeks because now you know something is wrong. So we we as men, we don't know who you are or what works for you or what approach works for you until we try it. And if we fuck up the first time, that's it. If we go to you and say, hey, look, I like you a lot, but I just want to smash. Most women will say, who the fuck do you think I am? Like, blocked. 
they'll block you. And that's it. There's no coming back from that. That's all or nothing right. shot right there. But it works for you. So how many like that's a maybe one in 10 chance that approach will work with women. But you're saying all men should do that. Like you're, this is poison no, for the game okay, if men is, did this. <laughs> this is what I'm saying. Okay. I think I think the way I said it in context is being taken wrong. I'm saying be be open about your intentions. Like, don't feel like you need to draw something out if you already know what you want. Because when you do that, that can cause a problem. Because in theory, when you're thinking about it, you like a woman, you approach her, you're taking the time to get to know her, you know, you're drawing her in, but you may not like her to the level of wanting her to be your girlfriend or you see a future with her. So why go through all of that when you know that maybe you just want to casually date and ever so often maybe bump you know, be skin to skin. Mm-hmm. Be open with that intention because that gives the woman a chance to decide whether or not she wants to go down that road with you. Because I think thinking, go ahead. Now, I, I was going to say, I think ultimately what you're saying is you don't want a man to to lie to you, to get to sell you the dream. And I, I agree that's wrong. Men should not be selling a dream. Men should not be like, I'm going to marry you. What's our what's the name of our kid going to be? Niggas like using that line. Mm-hmm. You know, what 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 name do you think we should name our daughter? Things like that. Nigg- niggas love selling a dream. I agree that's wrong. Don't the selling a dream part mm-hmm. is wrong. But I also feel like the blunt approach is also disastrous because women will act like they're naive to what men's true intentions are in the beginning. And y'all know what it is. It's all the same. But I get I get what you're saying, though. I understand what you're saying. It, and it I and sense. I I understand what you're saying. Like, not all women are going to be on that same wavelength, so you have to tread lightly. Yeah, that's why I, I said for I, me, this is what works. Yeah, and I think I think as a guy, it's more safe to be kind of like, uh, let's you know, what do you you can't come out, you know, swinging that much Guns as blazing. a guy because you might you might <laughs> you might fuck up. It might be somebody you really do like. And it's and if she said nah, I'm cool. Like uh uh-uh. uh, then it's like damn, I had it right there and I fucked up. So I think guys do that because they're scared of you know losing that person. Rejection, rejection yeah. is rejection sucks, man. Like even Wait, though men are more of rejection too. Yeah, that's why y'all don't shoot your shots. Y'all super scared of rejection. That's why y'all I women shoot don't shoot shot. their shot at men. <laughs> okay, okay. I shoot Most my women shot. don't. I get rejected Most- a lot. Most women don't. Most women think shooting their shot is saying "lol" in somebody's tweet or liking a photo or leaving an emoji. That's a woman's version of shooting a shot. They don't say, "Hey, what you doing tonight?" They don't. They don't go direct. They just give you attention on social media. And if you don't reply, then oh, I guess he don't like me. Like mm-hmm. maybe he just thought you were being nice. He his didn't know what the situation his was. His loss. His loss. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Imagine. it's like one of, I, I get, I get it. Like I've shot my shot in those ways. Also, I've done like a LOL, or like I sent yeah. an emoji or something on a picture, emoji, and he yeah. just ain't get it. Yeah, but I've also shot my shot. Like, hey, I like you. You know, whatever, whatever. And sometimes it's just not reciprocated. Yeah, it's crazy it because it it's crazy because talking to our co-host Jasmine, 
I feel like these new wave of dudes are way different from what we grew up on. Because now they they don't really slide in DMs or they don't really apply uh, a reply as much and they want the women to you know shoot their shot chase them and that's 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 all that always been strange to me because growing up no growing up we always chased the women we all you know you you can hear it in the R and B songs the guys always going after the women it's not like the women going after them <laughs> and now it seems like it's more of the women going after the dudes being the groupies towards the towards the men now and that's what they like well you have every r&b song out that's uh about sex and doing the the boogie boogie then men feel like that's you know that's the way to go i'm sorry i'm sorry ryan i feel like i've been talking you you good you good you good (laughs) um i think women created that environment as well you know i think a lot of what you know like niggas used to cat call a lot back in the day and that worked but now that people make videos on YouTube saying, look how disrespectful that they are being to this woman who's just minding her own business. That used to be how you got women pre-social media, pre-Tinder and Bumble. That's how you met women. You see them on the street and say, hey, what's good? But now that's seen as misogynistic and disrespectful. And I agree. Like if I was a woman, I wouldn't want just rant. I'm trying to mind my business and niggas just trying to, every nigga trying to say something because they think I look good or whatever. But at the same time, like that's also why men have changed their views view on shooting the shot and they're more scared now because they're like, look, you know, that is being it's being seen more as socially wrong to do something like that. So it, I, I understand both sides. I understand both sides. So good discussion, man. Uh <laughs> I, I think we might have to do a uh, an extra long version of this one day because we really got to put J Bell on the, the, the mind frame of men. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've dated and, and had enough friends with benefits to understand men to an extent. So I, I think that the conversation has mm-hmm. been the conversation. Yeah, I, I think you need to know what it's like to be with a dude who's just not, not, not whatever you go for because the, the thing, things are different now. Things are different now. Men, men. My last guy wasn't now. what I went for. Okay, okay. Oh, you finally tried a nerd, huh? How was he? <laughs> yeah, you called him a nerd. <laughs> he was a cool nerd, though. Okay, Very okay. Very intellectual, yeah. and he he knew what he wanted. He was open with his intentions. He was a cool nerd. Yeah. Actually, being very intelligent and being a nerd is very sexy to me. I don't care for the thug. I really don't. Maybe okay. when I was like a teenager or a young adult, but. Mm-mm. What what was, yeah. like as a woman? What turned you on so much? For, as I mean, looking into a thug, I I never understood that because I feel like I feel like I, the ner- the- I feel like the nerds don't really get the credit because you know you could be a nerd and still take up for your woman. That don't mean you you know okay, you a pussy so- or nothing like that. <laughs> so define nerd because you you can define thug and thug is a persona, I, I, so to speak. I, I will, like I will it's pro- the the. I would probably say I, I would probably say somebody that's not a thug, somebody that's not in the streets. I, a, a good example is Sierra and Future versus Sierra and uh, Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson is not really okay. a nerd, nerd, but he's like a corny looking, a corny acting guy compared to Future, who's this thug rapper rock star dude. But what makes Russell Wilson corny? Like you got to think about it. Russell <laughs> Wilson loves his woman out loud. He's very open about his relationship with Sierra. He lets the world know 
that that's his wife. He, you know, he takes care of his family. He's respectful towards his woman. I don't think that makes him corny. But, but it's a lot of I guys, I, it's a lot of guys like that in high school though. But they don't. But you got to think. Okay, so they don't really get no, that attention. The, the, the dudes. Wait, are, wait, wait. Okay. <laughs> Okay, so okay, so you said in high school you can't compare what a what a teenage girl likes in high school compared to what a grown woman likes in a grown ass man. I, That's I, a huge gap. Yeah, I just want to know what y'all like about those thugs, even in high school. Because it seems like the guys that's not going to school like that, that's getting in trouble, they get all the chicks. But the guy that's that's quiet respectful they looked at as corny i can say for myself when i was a teenager what i liked in those type of guys is because my best friend and her sister was into those type of guys and so i was like just following the crowd so to speak and um thought that that was the cool thing to be a part of and so i followed that but my first love was actually a I would say a nerd slash kind of thug sort of guy. Like he took care of me. He was very intelligent. He's very smart. He took up for me. He made sure I was protected. But at the same time, like, don't get that shit twisted. Like you fuck with him. He will beat your ass. Like he had that. He didn't do the cornrows. He didn't do the, the, you know, the big baggy pants and all that other stuff. He didn't do any of that stuff. Yeah. Now the guys that I just would be, you know, skin to skin with, is the term I'm going to use with this. They were thugs. <laughs> oh, okay. So, okay, wait a minute. So the nice guy had to court you. The the thugs could just get it off no, rip. The, okay, let me... Let me <laughs> without the, without the, the nice dating. guy. The nice guy did not court me. He was actually a huge player. Like, he was oh, trying okay. to talk to all the girls. Mm. I just been... I was just the one that stuck around the longest. And then he oh, decided okay. he wanted to be with me. But we were also in high school. Now, the thug, he wasn't even really a thug. He was just like, like you said, he didn't go to school. You know, he just, you know, was doing dumb stuff. He he was somebody I had already knew before I started high school. Mm. And was stuck. he stuck around. He actually was trying to steal me from my boyfriend. And my mm. boyfriend wasn't having that. Mm. And so, um, and he was the guy I lost my virginity to. No. And so, like, it just, it just happened because... I was following other people. When you're a kid, which is a teenager, you're doing what you think is cool because you want to fit in with the rest of the crowd. So in that aspect, young girls, teenage girls, they're going to like thugs because, you know, everybody else likes thugs. You got to think about what's happening in, in, in media at that time, in entertainment, when it came to hip-hop. Baggy clothes, thugs, most of the rappers, they came from a background of selling drugs or whatever. You know, they personify that they made it really huge and popular to have that type of man and you're supposed to be um into that you're supposed to be the ride or die chick i know i took it a whole different way but yeah, i was actually gonna take it that really way too. That, <laughs> yeah i mean that's the state of mind that you have at that age you see what you see on television and in music and so you think to yourself that that's the type of guy you should like and that's the type of guys that's the the mentality that those young boys had that in order for a woman to or a young girl to like them, that they had to have that persona mm -hmm. and be that way. And so those two mesh together. Now, if I saw a thug now, somebody showing a underwear, wearing <laughs> skinny jeans, sagging, I would turn my head. I would be disgusted. But a man in a suit, 
that looks really good and he got his stuff together. I might not have all my stuff together, but he got most of his stuff together and he's working on himself. That's sexy. I, and that's I, somebody that I would talk to and give the time of day. Yeah. I just want to throw this out there. I think women are the reason why there's so many thugs and yes, want to be gangsters <laughs> because yes. they doing that just to try to get the chicks. So it's y'all fault. And, I, and y'all I, and Janelle's I, fault. I, I was and I was one of them too because I was out here trying to dress like a thug too. I was hanging around the wrong people Everybody and all that did. shit. And, and after it took Wait. me, it took me years to realize like nah, that ain't me. Wait, but if you say that that it's women's fault that men are like that, we can also say it's men's fault that women feel like they have to dress like video vixens or look a certain way at all times in order to catch a man. Do wait, do they? Because number one, y'all be acting like y'all, and I, I'm very in tune with what women be saying on Twitter. I follow some women I don't even like on Twitter just to see what like the bird talk is of the day sometimes. <laughs> Not the bird. When, the Not the, the bird. way women the way women be talking, they act like they don't dress sexy for men. They say they didn't do the silhouette challenge for men. They say they do this for themselves and their girlfriend, and it's not for male approval. Like this is what women have said as of late. They're saying they don't sex dress, they don't dress sexy for us. They don't do these things for men or male attention. They do it because it makes them feel good. That's why they put their bare ass on the timeline. It's for their (laughs) empowerment. The key, the key word is as of late. Okay. Think about before social media and what we were taught by our mothers or the generation before is what they were taught by their mothers, how they should be in order to catch a man. That's the mentality that a lot of women had prior to social media, that we had to look a certain way or be a certain way in order to catch a man. And the same thing that goes, like you said, for for men, y'all felt like y'all had to dress a certain way or be a certain way in order to catch a woman. This was pre-social media. Now social media, yeah, these women are all saying it, but you can also think about the age that they are. Most of them probably that you're following are over 25, between 25 and 45. And so now that's what their mindset is because they've grown out of that that societal thinking of that we don't have to do that in order to catch a man. We don't have to be this way in order to catch a man. We can be ourselves and do what the fuck we want to do. And a man is still going to want us or not want us. And that's just how it's going to be. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. But I, I do understand what Figgy's saying as well. And I think ultimately what women, especially what grown women want, grown women, I, I joke about Jasmine because Jasmine we joke about her perfect ideal man women want ghosts from power women (laughs) want a man who is very financial has legal money business minded educated but he has a seedy drug dealing past and he's a little bit dangerous like that's what women want women want a guy a nice a a, a guy who has his shit together like you said but he has an edge to him too They want like, they want a thug okay. that's in the streets with a college yes. degree. <laughs> I, I mean, felonies in the family. You want man. somebody? Well, I think I think women want someone that knows how to provide and protect, and still have an edge to themselves. Like they they don't necessarily have to go to the extreme of being a a thug. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, um, I get you. Yeah, you know, like it's nothing wrong with that. Like I. I I feel like we all want somebody with some edge. You probably want a woman with some edge. A woman that, you know, if it comes down to it, 
No, let me let me explain. <laughs> if a woman, if another woman was disrespectful towards you as a man, you're not gonna want to handle it yourself. You're gonna want your woman to handle her, but do Fair it enough. in a respectful way. Exactly, because at the end of the day, we stay out of men's business, and men need to stay out of women's business. So if you come and you disrespect my man in front of me, nonetheless, or if I come back and hear that, I'm gonna handle you. Now it ain't gonna come to blows, but we're gonna have some words. Now, some y'all be making shit worse a lot of times, though. <laughs> like I, I'm gonna be real, y'all be making shit Dang, worse. You done Men, had some bad situations. <laughs> it's true. Come on, I really now. feel that. I, I, I'm just know, I don't y'all know because I've never had that issue. I, I really have. I had never had that issue of where I had to defend my man from another woman like that, you know. And I also feel like um, I'm not gonna go sideways on a man. Period. Okay. Like that's I just, good I don't have yeah, the energy to yeah, do that. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm gonna you, look at you crazy. Yeah, I think you one of a kind woman. <laughs> I'm not trying yeah. to be <laughs> sentimental. No, for real, because like a lot of women don't really think this way. Like even all the points you made throughout this podcast, a lot of women don't think that way. Because you, but it you, also you, comes you, from a. Ex- go ahead. I'm sorry, oh no, go no, ahead. yeah, yeah, no, I got you. But yeah, like a lot of women, they they feel like they can talk sideways to any man they want. Mm-hmm. And then when shit get real, they call a man and be like, hey, handle this. Yep. And it's like, damn, like I didn't create the problem. <laughs> like you out there talking well, crazy. You ain't have my sideways, back, though. Yeah, yeah like, because sometimes, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, no. yeah, a lot of people don't know how to leave a situation. Even though it might be oh, the guy's yeah. fault, you can still set, you know, you can still just move away from that situation. But a lot of women be like, oh, yeah, fuck you with that nigga, blah, 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 blah. You know, I get my nigga to beat your ass. And then it's like, I damn. Like, yeah, now you in a situation. Now I get my daddy to beat your ass. Back in the day, I would do that. But now my daddy's too old to be fighting. Yeah. He, he ain't going to fight with you. He ain't going to bother with you. Um, But it comes a lot with experience um, and the experiences that I've had to have this kind of thinking. And everybody's experiences are different when it comes to the opposite sex, obviously. And so, yeah, that's why I, I do feel the way I do about a lot of things, a lot of different things. And so I don't think I'm one of a kind. I think there's other women out there like that. I think they're just probably afraid to be that because the the thought is is to be, or the popular opinion, as they usually say, is to be the opposite of that, if that makes sense. I get you. I get you. Okay, I say we put a cap on this. I think we've gotten all perspectives. Good, good what a bro knows. Man, we bringing this shit back because I know a lot of niggas, they, they leaving the quarantine now, starting to get into the dating pool, and we, they have to, to deal with these frustrating women and all with the games y'all be playing with our minds. So <laughs> you know I, what? I'm, just, I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> you are really... <laughs> Dogging uh, women for real, and I know you're nah. out of breath, so it's funny, but it's like, dang, I want to beat up these women that did you wrong. No, you. they're like, everywhere. I'm, you you got to just start swinging at any woman you see because a lot of them think I the same. Do all so. that now. I can't fight everybody. <laughs> I can't but fight no. everybody. Uh, appreciate you sharing your perspective with that. Good relationship topics and, and good talk. So we got a nice little deep dive in the relationship talk. There's one more thing we have to talk about, though, we haven't talked about yet. Uh, the Judas and the Black Messiah movie. We got to give our thoughts on that. Let's get serious and black and, and, and talk <laughs> about this empowerment. Um, so 
Judas and the Black Messiah is on HBO Max right now. Um, like I said, get you that subscription, get you that free trial for seven days. Watch it real quick if you want to. I would say um, pay for it too, man. I, I actually pay yeah. for it each month. HBO. I, okay, I've been, mm-hmm. yeah, I, um, it's worth it. I've been binge watching The Wire. So yeah, it's, it, it's cool, Sex in the City. Yeah, Sex in the City. It's a good HBO show. Max is like legit, maybe the best streaming service now in terms of selection. They have a I lot agree. of shit on there, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Netflix is kind of, Netflix is, is, they fell is a little off shaky me, man. now, man. They did. Yeah. They did. Yeah. So, who, HBO bit. Max, HBO Max might be the best streaming service in terms of selection, man. They have a whole lot of shit on there. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. anyway, the movie itself, um, it's also in theaters if you want to have a whole little, you know, thing to go see it with your friends but it is out now it stars Dan- daniel kaluuya i think that's how you say his name i think i'm fucking it up but so he too. plays he plays fred hampton of course like keith stanfield plays the uh man bill i forget his last name um but bill, the, bill o'neill bill o'neill bill bill o'neill william yes o'neill. William, o'neill. william o'neill yeah the fbi informant who infiltrated the black panthers and pretty much sold out fred hampton and everybody else um, also, J. Edgar, Edgar Hoover is played by Martin Sheen. Uh, a good job. I, I'm always worried when a white man plays a racist a little bit too well. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I start to wonder, like, man, how, how are you yeah. living your real life if, you, if yeah. you're that good at it? Yeah, what was the dude, uh, the actor? He was a really good actor, too. Uh, he played in Law and Order. Um, he played uh, He played in The, the Godfather of Harlem, the, uh, the Italian dude. Yeah, yeah, I know oh, you're talking know about. Talking oh yeah, about. that's, uh, that's his name. The, the guy who played Kingpin in Daredevil too. Yeah. Uh, oh, oh yes. I forget he his fucking he name though. So yeah, but he, he played yeah. Vincent, um, Vincent Dion Forio or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, he played that too damn good in Godfather of Harlem. Yeah. I'm like, yes. man, this is a good racist. actor. Yeah. <laughs> he, those are method actors. They really yes. absolve the role and really take it in and just like you saying that they're like, I really want to punch this motherfucker right now. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so good performances all around. Um, now, I have seen some critical things said about this movie. I was worried when I first watched it because I read a negative interview, negative review. I think it was on the Vulture, which is funnily named. Funny that that the, his name that, but uh, a negative review from the Vulture talking about how it doesn't really capture, you know, the the context of everything that went on in Chicago at that time in a racial environment, and it doesn't develop the characters enough. I also see people like No Name, the rapper, and other people uh, say that they were disappointed that it focused more on Lakeith Stanfield's character of Bill O'Neill the FBI informant and not all on Fred Hampton, which I have a, I have an idea on that, but I'll get into it later, but uh, let's get our thoughts on this movie at first. Um, Figgy, what'd you think about the movie? Um, did it live up to your expectations and, and how do you feel about it? Um, I think the movie was pretty good, man. I enjoyed it. I watched it from front to back. And I, I think the good thing about watching movies on HBO max is you could actually pause it, go to the bathroom and, yeah, get something to eat and then come right back to it <laughs> instead of sitting in the movie theater and you know anyway. But Brady was something. Yeah, the I think the movie is pretty good. I, I ain't gonna I ain't gonna sit here and act like I'm just black powered dude that know everything. I didn't know much about Fred Hampton. I, I knew I, I remember the name. I knew what he was a part of, but I didn't really know the whole story on what went down. So um, I learned a lot and. 
it's it's funny because after I watch a good movie, I always do the research on it. I get the googling and all this other stuff, and I learn try to learn a little more. And it was it was really interesting, man. It was like it it, it was a little cringy at first, just for the simple fact that damn we still we in twenty twenty one still going through shit like this. And on top of the way, I, I think what really hit home for me was Fred was only twenty one. <laughs> I'm like, damn! I thought he, I thought he was at least in his late twenties, early thirties. I'm like, damn, twenty one. I was acting a fool at twenty one, and this dude was so powerful like that, where they, you know, the government, the FBI was watching him and wanted him dead. So to me, that was that kind of hit home for me, but. Overall, I think the movie was good. Lakeith Stanfield did amazing as he always do, and I I, th- I thought it was funny that it was like three different characters that played in Get Out that was in this movie too. Yes, <laughs> Lil Rel made a cameo too. Yeah, I was looking like is that him? He playing that old wise pimp dude. That and that scene was kind of weird too. I, I I tried to dig deep into it too. I I just don't understand like who was that guy. Like, where did, was he part of the government? Or I, I kind of didn't understand that part. But overall, I thought the movie was really good. I think it's worth watching. Yeah, it was good. Okay. Okay. Jay Bell, what are your thoughts? Did you enjoy the movie? Let me just say this um, before I get into that part. We as Black people are so overly critical of each other. For what? So when you mentioned these negative reviews that came out about how they didn't focus enough on Fred Hampton, the movie was literally called Judas and the Black Messiah. So the focus really was on the fact of William O'Neill's character and how he had a hand in the assassination of the Black Messiah, which is Fred Hampton. That's the story of what he did, the steps that went into that. Now, my review on it is I thought it was wonderful. I thought it was great. I thought the characters that they chose or the, the, the actors that they chose were phenomenal. Daniel Kaluuya deserves his accolades. He deserves the awards. The one scene alone when they're doing the rally and he just says, I am a revolutionary. And he says it repeatedly. That scene alone to me was powerful. Um, and it's funny that you mentioned about Lil Rel, Howie, uh, Howie and uh, Lakeith Stanfield and um, Daniel. Daniel Kaluuya together in this movie because they've done so many movies together, the three of them, or they've always been in some movies some way together. Their chemistry is crazy. Just Lakeith and Daniel alone from doing Get Out to this, mm-hmm. they have really great chemistry together. And so when you see the dynamic between the two, it's a really believable story. And I feel like, you know, even though it's inspired by a true story and it makes you want to dive in and find out more history, it's a triggering story because of what's happening today. You know, what we're dealing at dealing with as um, as a community with the injustices and, you know, the FBI having a hand in Fred Hampton's death um, and, and basically assassinating him in front of his own girlfriend. You know, um, it, it diving into that, it was just kind of like, I feel like I was in it of that time. 
and would love to fight every single cop that had a hand in, in, in what happened to that man because of how he, how young he was and how powerful he was at 21 years old. You know, imagine if the way they told the story, imagine if he would have lived the power he would have had or the power he would have today. You feel what I'm saying? Like that's how powerful that story was told. And I like how they dived in. Even when you watch the beginning of the movie, the key Stanfield's character, William O'Neill, that he plays, um, the first question is what? What would you tell your son about what you did back then? That tells you everything that you need to know about where this movie is going into. But the scenery, how they shot it, um, the relationships between each character and how each character played into what was happening or what was about to happen, I think was really, it was done really good, really well. And I will be pissed if they're not nominated for something next year for Golden Globes, Oscars, anything they should. Yeah, it definitely was a good movie. Sorry. I went too long, but that's not good. (laughs) Nah, nah, good thoughts. Good thoughts. Um, And yeah, I'm sure it will get its run during the award season um, when it's eligible for all that. So yeah, I'm sure we'll see them uh, get their rewards. Um, now I, I watched the movie. I, I went into it uh, nervous. I was very worried that they would clean up and, and kind of water down the black Panther message. Cause I figured like the black Panthers were probably the most extreme vocal group of that time, you know, the things they called for, they called for the complete destruction of the capitalist society of America. They called for cops to be killed. They said we need to liberate our own hoods by force if necessary. Like they, they are the more extreme in terms of mainstream appeal. So I was very worried that we were going to have this. It wasn't an indie film, man. WB put this out. So I was very worried they would do to basically have my complaints about the movie Black Panther, the Marvel. I know it's a comic book movie, but there were some things about that that annoyed me. The good guy CIA agent, the the uh, uh, <laughs> Killmonger being the bad guy, even though his views were more Black Pantherish than the Black Panther. So <laughs> there, there are things I was worried about. I was worried they were going to water down a whole lot for this movie. I was worried they're going to have a good guy FBI agent. And luckily, none of that was the case. You know, they kept it very, very true to and I know it's a movie. So liberties are taken with the facts. But in terms of the message, in terms of what the Black Panthers stood for and what they were saying at the time and what they dealt with, I thought it was a pretty good representation. And I'm not going to say I'm an expert on Panther, you know, history, but I did watch a few documentaries. PBS did a really good one with surviving members who were there at the time. I think it's on Netflix still. I think it's just called Black Panther or something. Um, But it was very, very well done. And it's a good... And you see watching that documentary that a lot of this stuff that happened in the movie actually really happened in real life. You know, it wasn't just made up for the movie. Mm -hmm. As far as the complaints... Okay, one complaint I saw, people didn't like uh, Daniel's portrayal. They thought his accent was off. I don't know Chicago well enough to know the Chicago accent, but I thought he did a pretty good job. The biggest knock on him is that he don't look nothing like Fred Hampton. That's yeah. the only bad he thing. He was like he, mad dark. <laughs> yes. And, and, and their Fred face, Hampton like they don't. Fred was dark skin, though. He, he was dark, but their, their face don't look nothing. And Daniel gained a lot of weight for this role. 
Like he got pretty big for this role to right. look more like him. But ultimately, like if you look at a picture of Fred Hantham and look at a picture of Daniel, they don't look nothing alike. You know, so there's that, but you can't only can do so much yeah. with that, man. So yeah. it is what I, it is. I'd rather have the, the better actor than the guy that exactly. actually looked like him. Looks just like exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and I, that is go ahead. That that is what it is. Um and as far as the complaint about the focus being on Lakeith, uh I think they did that for a reason. I think you're supposed to I think this movie was made for people who have only heard bad things about the Black Panthers, you know. Because I think the audience is supposed to side with Lakeith at first because, you know, they go to the FBI agent's house and the FBI guy says, you know, these Black Panthers are just the black version of the Klan, which is what all the racists say about the Black Panthers. You know, mm-hmm. that's what every white guy, when, when you bring up the Klan, they say, well, y'all had the Panthers. You know, they always compare them. Now. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that but they act like it was anything near the same as what the Klan was doing. And we all know it wasn't. Mm-hmm. But they always bring that up. They say, well, the, the Panthers were just the black version of the Klan. And it's like, no, but that's what the audience might think when they first watch this movie. And that's what the character of Lakeith is told. And that's what he goes in believing. But then he realizes like, nah, the FBI is the ones who's fucked up and this country is and the police are fucked up and they're actually doing the right thing. So I think we're supposed to identify more with the F with the informant as he goes deeper and he realizes like, no, this movement is legit and they're doing what needs to be done mm-hmm. because he's ignorant to all this shit in the beginning. He said he didn't care about Martin Luther King being assassinated or Michael X being assassinated. He didn't care about any of that shit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. So he goes through this change and that's the one knock I have on the film. There, sh- it should have been longer. Yeah, I agree with that too. Mm-hmm. It was like pretty, two and a half hours long. It was like two hours long, two hours and ten minutes maybe, including the credits. I've checked the runtime, <laughs> so uh, it was like two hours long, which is fine for an action movie. You can tell yeah. an action movie plot in two hours, but if you're talking about a movie that needs character development, it yeah. should have been at least two hours and thirty minutes, maybe three. Yeah, it went quick. Like before, it I, did. Yeah, because when I yeah. paused it, I'm thinking like, it's still at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, damn, I'm almost done with the movie. Yes, so I, it, I was kind of shocked. Yeah, it goes by quick. It feels like they were just trying to jam in as many historical events about that time as they could, and they had course, to try to bridge yeah. it together. But I do feel like we needed to spend more time seeing how Lakeith got more into the Panthers. And like went deeper into actually believing what they believed because it kind of happened suddenly. You know, the shootout happens. I don't want to spoil anything, but you know, this shit is real life. It happened in real life anyway, so it ain't spoiling. Yeah. But uh, in the shootout, Lakeith's character leaves, but then he comes back and he's all mad that the shit got blown up. And suddenly he's like super into the Panthers now. Yeah. When before he, he like, it's it like, though. Exactly. So it's like, how how did this happen? Like, there's no, there should have been some scenes where we see him like actually start to care about the Panthers and what they stand for. But it kind of just like is like a, a switch that flips, mm-hmm. and he's suddenly super into it now. And it's like we needed that to be drawn out a little bit more. So mm-hmm. I get that complaint. The, the character development should have been a little longer. We needed more scenes with Fred Hampton. It should have been longer, mm-hmm. and. Uh, one problem too, I think I saw, uh, they, they made, uh, Bill, Bill, what's his last name? O'Neill. They made his Mm -hmm. character very remorseful at the end. 
And I don't know if that was true in real life. I, I think that's just a movie thing where you have to act like he felt bad about it. But in real life, I don't know if he felt that bad about because he continued to be an FBI informant for years after that shit. Yeah. But that's but just seemed a like to me shit. that they Yeah, but it seemed like to me the way that they portrayed it was that they were threatening him to stay yeah. on as the FBI informant instead of him being able to walk away from it. Um, and then can you know continue to be a, a part of that Black Panther Party to find out information. And so there's that part when, you know, at any time he could have walked away. So I do see why you say you say that. Um, because of the 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 footage they showed at the end of mm-hmm. him so-called being remorseful about it, you know, that is showing for that documentary that they ended up putting out. Yeah, it sounded um, like he didn't even which care. Ultimate, right, so it seems like, but I feel like the way they portrayed him ultimately in that documentary, which I wish I can find and watch yeah. myself, he committed suicide. So obviously yeah. he felt something. He was He felt punished or he felt like he was at a point where like his back was against the wall. Yeah, you know, for him to commit suicide. Yeah, I think what I read was he. Um, I think he eventually relocated and changed his whole name. I think he changed his name to like, um, Bill Hart or something like that. I think he changed his whole mm-hmm. identity at some point to wow. try to get away from it. I think it caught back up to him, and they said he committed suicide. Um, uh, it was a car accident, but they they ruled it a suicide. It said it was mm-hmm. right after the the documentary came out in 1990. Right. So right after it aired, that's yeah. what it said in the um the, yeah the credits yeah. yeah yeah like at the end they said that he committed suicide after um the documentary yeah. aired yeah I, I ended up reading more into it and apparently he tried to commit suicide by jumping out of a two story building and his uncle wow his uncle pulled him back and you know and you know got them together and when he left his uncle that was that was the last person he spent time with and he they said he was driving and got into a real bad wreck which they yeah. said was a um suicide wow so obviously he yeah. felt something he probably did but it, and like you said in that interview it didn't seem like he really gave a shit like it didn't seem like he saw himself as some like he didn't seem like he was remorseful about it but in the movie it seemed like he was very, very, he didn't even want to do it at first and he was just forced to do it. So I don't know, but I, I, that's movie shit. You have to have something like that in the movie. You have yeah. to have a narrative and a character arc like that. These are, this is movie things, you know? Yeah. If you want to see a documentary, go watch the documentary. I don't think anybody should learn. Think you did the right thing, man. That's what people should do when they see this movie and don't know about the Black Panthers. Go do the actual research yeah. and see what's true and what's not. Don't mm-hmm. expect this to be a college course on the yeah. Black Panthers, man. It's supposed to be entertaining, first yeah. and foremost. It's a movie. Yeah, it's the same thing with right. TV shows, a, too. Like Right, uh, and it says at the beginning of it, inspired by true events. Yes. Yeah. So it's yeah. not necessarily a cover-to-cover true story. They're going to embellish some things throughout the movie because that's Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and plus, I mean, I'm not in the movie game or nothing, but... Maybe it's they they can't end the movie the way you know the true event happened. Yeah. So they gotta you know I guess they gotta end it with him feeling bad about it or you know questioning what he did if if it was wrong or not. 
it, it probably wouldn't even come out right if he didn't give a shit at the end. Exactly. So like yeah. it would be too depressing. It was already depressing. It would be too depressing if it was yeah. like okay, like a scumbag. How, guy. Yeah. I would really feel if the movie ended where he was just like, oh, I don't give a shit. Like that is what yeah. it is. Exactly. Black people be up in arms. Yeah. Be angry as hell. Yeah. So <laughs> like I Yeah, we be up in arms no matter what. <laughs> that's true. And like that that's the thing. I'm I'm usually critical about movies. Like I try not to fall into the hype, but this movie I thought was honestly good, man. Like it avoided the pitfalls I thought it would go into. Maybe some people like I'll be honest, I forgot this movie was coming out until it came out. Really, I, I forgot. I knew I saw the trailers. Really? It came out like I didn't a year know. ago. The the preview came out. Yeah, like I saw the trailer, ago. yeah, but I forgot until like recently when the commercials started playing that it was even coming out. Mm. I think if I was somebody following its production from day one, maybe my expectations will be so high that I'll be disappointed. Mm. But as, as far as I stand, man, it was a good movie. It was a good watch. And it could have been a whole lot worse. Man, I expected it to be a whole lot worse, but it wasn't. And mm-hmm. I like that the if there was no good F, like the FBI is portrayed as scumbags in this movie, and I was happy to see that man. They're <laughs> racist and and terrible people. Even they, they kind of play around with one guy who you think might end up being okay and doing the right thing, but he flips mm-hmm. and is even more of a racist scumbag at the end. So, yeah. like it's it's very well done. And yeah, people who complain about it, like I'm a guy who complains a lot, and I'm telling people like it's a good movie. Yeah. Watch it. That's Don't why let I'm the noise. You even watched it, <laughs> or at least watched it. Right now. <laughs> yeah. Like no disrespect, but I I thought you wasn't gonna fall into the hype because everybody nah. was talking about it. It was on HBO Max, man. Come on, I I could not watch it. Like it was right. If I had to go to a theater, maybe I would have waited. But if it's right there, like, and I had nothing to do on Friday night, like, of course I'm gonna watch it, man. Yeah. So okay, yeah. I recommend it if y'all thinking about it or on the fence. Watch it this weekend. You're going to be ho- if you in Texas, you're going to be holed up till Tuesday, probably anyway. So <laughs> grab a blanket, light that fireplace and watch uh, Judas and the Black Messiah. I think you'll enjoy it. I think we all give it the certify. Oh, yeah, this is a, this is a rating, oh, yeah, yeah. our new rating system. Uh, <laughs> Judas and the Black Messiah is certified. Qualified. Qualified. Oh, qualified. My yeah. bad. <laughs> Qualified. <laughs> yeah, we all agree it's qualified. Um, shoot, I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap it up right there, man. Yeah, great, great discussion, great talk with our new podcast friend, new friend of the show, Jay Bell. Got to do a nice little deep dive. Now nah, you did, you did. You got to get into your uh, your your takes on things, and we enjoy it. Um, shout out to everybody who supports the podcast as well. Our boy Tab. Yeah. I need the Anita first. Get the Anita. Man. Need the Anita. Let's get the Anita. This is our outro tradition. We need Anita Baker to close us out. There we oh, go. Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes. So, yeah. appreciate the mix at the beginning, by the way, Figgy, doing that R&B Valentine's Day mix. <laughs> Did you do love in the mix today? Do love. <laughs> no. Yes. Don't do that every day. Pre- <laughs> oh, this is the last time I'm doing this. Nah, hey, man. Hey, man. Uh, and also, thank you for our special guest, Jay Bell. You can follow her at Jay Bell on Air. That's J B E L L E on Air. Mm-hmm. And yes, follow that's my her. Twitter. Yes, shoot your shot in the DMs if you're in the Arizona area, and maybe she'll. No, no, wait, no. 
Wait, why? I'm not looking to date right now. No. Uh, just send a number. Yeah. No, don't send that either, because it's gonna get ignored right now. Oh, man, that's cold. That's cold. Come on now. You ain't you ain't got you no quarantine thing. <laughs> <laughs> no, not in a pandemic. Okay. No. Well, the, well, the DMs are closed. Apparently, the DMs are closed. But maybe when we, when you get vaccinated, there may be, they might be open. <laughs> get your vaccination That's certificate, and maybe you can get in the DMs. <laughs> but anyway, uh, thank you to our friends of the show. Tab. Oh yeah, we got a shout out. We have a uh, promotion going with him next month, where we're gonna give away some head buds or earbuds. So check that out soon. Also check out his site, Tab Tech Online, I think it's called. Yep, TabTechOnline.com. Yes. TabTechOnline.com. Get you a phone, get you some headphones, get you whatever you need in the mobile world, and he will hook you up. He is that dude. Mm-hmm. Also, thank you to Jasmine. I know we joked about you a whole lot in this podcast and you weren't here to hear, <laughs> but she be doing promotion work in the background for us, so thank her as well. Um, Figgy, any other shout outs we got to get out there, man? Nah, that's it. Shout out to um, Janelle, J Bell, and yes. shout out to the people. All right, shout y'all. Out. Y'all have <laughs> y'all have a happy Valentine's Day. I hope you get some. I hope it's worth all the hassle you had to do getting <laughs> some bullshit gift. Mm-hmm. I hope it's worth it. I hope she really. I hope she gives you the sloppy. You need, men need the sloppy on no, Valentine's Jesus. Day. Man. Yeah, we we <laughs> need the, the we need the. We need to break out the towels because <laughs> we going to make it a mess. We need to sloppy on Valentine's Day. I hope y'all all, if y'all cuffed up, I hope y'all get the sloppy. I hope y'all have a great Valentine's Day weekend. And we're going to be at, at it again next week, man. Y'all stay up, stay warm, and stay blessed. Peace.